winner chicken dinner. Winner, winner chicken dinner. We're going to keep this one short because at the beginning of the pod, we have a long or a moderate discussion about one of us becoming a true wise guy. He wasn't before. He, we acted like he was. He wasn't. He is now. And there's a great offer in there. I'll keep it that simple. Great pod. A lot of good info. Enjoy. Week 10, and we got some hot, hot handicappers. The hottest of them all. Off of a 5-0 perfection. AJ Hoffman. I tell his Twitter account, but no one understands it. You want to give it? Real? No, we'll wait. We'll, we'll, okay. We'll make the case. 5-0 and o last week, and we'll talk a little bit about how he's done otherwise. At 1.30 on the clock around the Wise Guy Roundtable, doing something unrelated to the podcast, <laughs> Steve Fezzik. No, I'm looking up. Oh. I'm looking up my records. <laughs> doing Sudoku. What are you talking about? <laughs> I can never do those. It's still a thing. <laughs> Scott Seidenberg. Not doing Immaculate Grid over here. Not doing Immaculate <laughs> Grid. We got Mackenzie behind the glass, protected. Or are we protected? It's mutual. Depends <laughs> on the week. I'm RJ Bell. Okay. So, AJ, we're going to do something a little different today. And it was so funny. We were leaving after Monday's taping, and Fez was tired, and it kind of makes sense. It was late. And uh, AJ says, I see AJ. He looks like... He did two years ago. Like, it's almost like the presidency a little bit. You know how it ages? AJ's just... Jimmy Carter. Yeah, exactly. Well, AJ's almost been like the president of something. And But he looked bright-eyed and bushy till like he like he showered maybe even that day. Like a B12 injection? Like, like, like maybe yeah. a, like a... In the butt, you know, but with the, with the needle, you know, but not a vein necessarily. Right. Like Dr. Feelgood used to do for yeah, JFK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked now. Even now, doesn't he look more bright-eyed than usual, Scott? His posture has improved too. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. And I go just in passing. I said, "Oh, I, I think he did pretty well, right?" Like I didn't remember every pick he made. He goes five and zero, oh. and I look at Fez, and Fez is blinking, <laughs> and like he blinked like six or seven times before. He, did you notice that? Didn't you? Yeah. It was like I he, normally I thought Fez would be happy for me. No, it was like I don't know if he couldn't comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> or if he was thinking of a way to tear you down. What were you thinking in those moments? I'm thinking that for some reason, Tuesday, I do well. Oh, gee. Wednesday. So, it's not so just. You, so his 5 0 was about you instantly. Yeah. Immediately. So Tuesday, <laughs> good. Tuesday, good. Wednesday, Thursday, bad. Saturday, good. Is it, it's unbelievable for what my. Is this like something from Planet of the Apes or whenever, something? Whenever I do a pod. <laughs> or Animal Farm? I if, mean, I what do, is... if I do a pod, yeah, two legs bad, four legs good. <laughs> I mean... If I do a show on Wednesday and Thursday this week, like the midweek, I have just done sucky. And yet early or late, I'm really doing well. It's crazy. Well, may, maybe do a little extra work before Wednesday. Maybe you're, but you're but saying, I do well Tuesday. I, when I, well, like, yeah, but like, the lines aren't shaped up yet. Well, and part of that, like, 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 do you feel I'm unprepared on Monday when no. we're meeting? I mean, I feel no, like I'm I ahead don't. of everybody on Monday, and then by Wednesday, well, I'm, I'm I want to say ahead of everybody, but, but you're, fair you're, enough. You're doing good. You're yes, doing well. and then by Wednesday, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like I, everyone else is outworking me on Tuesday. So anyway, he blinked and he blinked. And then he blinked a little more, and it got uncomfortable. I'm like, look, I had time to look back at AJ to see how he was reacting, and then back to Fez, and then he said, oh, really? And then walked away. 
<laughs> I mean, wasn't that what happened? It was something like that. I mean, it was crazy. It felt like he was a, a robot that was glitching. Yeah, yeah. It was somehow like he sent his his robot. Well, that's accurate. <laughs> All right, so let's put this into perspective because we have to have you know, there's such a thing as a seminal moment. I don't know if Fez is familiar with that phrase. Seminal. You ever hear that? Yeah, Semin when you bet on Florida State. <laughs> that's a seminal's <laughs> moment. All right, put up the uh, definition. And I think this is it because he's AJ's been winning for two years. He's been in college football. He's been winning generally, but he came, you know, for what five years or whatever. But you came in three seasons ago, and we're pretty bad in NFL. To be <laughs> candid, I mean, we were trying, we were being nice to you when we didn't like the pick, just because we thought it might break you mentally if we yeah. were just that honest. But then last year, I don't know how it happened. And I suspected randomness. <laughs> he started winning and winning. And what did you do last year? What was your record? Uh, this is five picks a week now. Sides, five sides a week. That's crazy. 58 and 34, 63%. All right. Now, this isn't picking him on Sunday, you know, when the Lions move. He's p- picking him hot off the presses. The, we s- taped this pod like an hour after Cornegay puts out the numbers. And I thought, mm, sample size. Because he did better than me. I couldn't comprehend that. I mean, I, I didn't blink like 14 times thinking about it, but okay. But then this year he starts off hot. Then he stays hot. What are you this year? 30 and 14, 68%. <sighs> All right, Fez, what's going on is the first question. I believe. And don't make this about you. Pre production, you nailed it. That in, in sample the, size? In the pet, no, in the past, <laughs> there was a bias that. If you if you bet lots of favorites, you are going to lose. And the world has changed, and you have the data to show it, especially the larger favorites. Yeah, like so for, he's calling them square. No, no he's saying that he would have been square in a bygone era. Okay, but now you're square if you're not playing like this. Yes, and I I think there's some truth to that part actually because my one of my famous little phrases people like is duct tape shoe guys. The guys that used to be wise guys that aren't anymore. Well, that happens every generation. It's not like, oh, the guys at 60 when I was 35, they <laughs> laugh at them. Well, okay. What happens as Fez moves towards 60? Well, he's either going to evolve. And again, if you look at his general record, it's evolving like a champ. But I think none of what you're doing, though, has been as hot as him. Like you were saying, his streak was the same as your super contest streak, or what? what, what? My my best super contest year, mm-hmm. fifty six and twenty eight. It mimics AJ's streak, you know. And the irony of this uh-huh. is that I've been obviously sucking on my picks here on the pod this year to the point where the picks I send you, like in the super contest, mm-hmm. have been doing real well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Like, we got but, that part, but you're like you're looking at this and like like well how much am I going to wait for Fez? He's he's sub 500 for the year, so now now, he, now he's picking on Saturday. Am I really going to give this a lot of weight? Probably not this hey, year. Hey Scott, do you follow so far that Wednesday has been an aberration with Fez? No, Monday he, good, good. Wednesday, Thursday bad. But then after Saturday good, good and Sunday good. <laughs> Steve, yeah, no well, one, no one's attacking you. No one says you have duct tape on your shoes yet. <laughs> All right. But it but, is true. Like, when I see a line that's 16 and a half, I'm like, am I betting the dog or am I passing? That's, that's my knee-jerk reaction. That's mm-hmm. how I've always been raised. And, for example, Medium rare. if you look from 2012 on, which I consider the modern era, 
and and statistically it was it was post i wonder where he learned that from rj yeah it's one thing if you do it on purpose it's another thing i just spilled it on my crotch oh oh (laughs) cancel the show (laughs) wednesday bad wednesday bad wednesday bad um steve you see right there this paper towels right on it's too late I just want to see you pat down your crotch. <laughs> no, separate the towel from the roll. Oh, ow, ow, ow. Ooh, I think there's some. Oh, I think I think if we went into Fez's history, there'd be some CBT. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> ooh, all right. I've lost my train of thought. No, of all favorites. Above 10 since 2012. And the reason 2012, it was the first full season after the new collective bargaining agreement, which changed practice schedules and all that stuff. Okay. If you lay any favorite above 10, so not 10, but above 10. Let me get it. I got the season breakdown here. By the way, this year, 8-2. and But prior, the whole thing in aggregate, 59%, 154 in 107, seven pushes. By the way, those same games have gone under the total, Fez, uh, 43% or, or 57% under. Mm. Which tells us that one team's scoring, the other team's not. Mm-hmm. But, but typically, a big favor goes over. It's correlated to the over, right? And if, if they cover. I used to believe that, but the problem is oftentimes when a team's up 24, like everyone just ceases hostilities in the fourth quarter, super quiet. So I think it's true. The correlation f- holds until the fourth quarter, and then the fourth quarter wrecks it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But wouldn't you say there's been more running it up? Maybe not in the NFL, but in co- – I mean, again, we're talking something slightly different, but I remember when all those big college favorites were covering like seven, eight years ago, and no one could figure out what was going on. But they kept, they were getting style points. Exactly. Well, that's because it, they were, it was the computers that were just, that were determining everything. But the, the BCS era was all about your computers, so strength of victory mattered. The amount of points that you scored mattered. So teams kept their foot on the gas. And now that the expanded playoffs going to be twelve teams, I think you're going to see a whole lot more of kicking ass, you know, and, and and just running up the score because anyone can make the playoffs now. Because what we're saying is that two lost teams are need style points. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. Um, okay, so Fez, does that now? By the way, here's the breakdown of how the points happen to uh, have those wins. <clears throat> the favorite scores a half a point more. I, I just have the breakdown now, and they give up one point two less. So there's a one point seven differential to the positive on these big favorites, but it's more they stop the other team. So we should be playing the team total under, under like the Giants under ten and a half would be the play. It, it, at least over the macro, over the big picture. All right. So here's what I want to do. Every pick that AJ makes, I want us to break it down old school and see what the premises are. I mean, listen, he's gonna. This isn't like on Mad Men where they had to try to like do an analysis of Don Draper's ads to figure his genius. I just want to figure out how he's approaching this and what we think is wrong that maybe isn't wrong. Or maybe so, – listen, it's too many. So what's the combined record? Uh, over the two years? No, no. The last 20 88 years. and 48. 
All right. That's a lot of games. I mean, 120 doesn't get you to statistics. But listen, if you're this far from, it's one thing to say coin flips, you need 600 or whatever on a binomial. But if you're at 65%, you could, you know, let's just say you could hit 50% for a long time and get that sample size up and still be winning. Yeah. So, you know, this is actually a very complex question. So they talk about confidence intervals. And mm -hmm. if you go 88 and 48 within a 99 point, I'm guessing 7% confidence interval, you're a winning NFL handicapper. It's so outstanding. It couldn't mm -hmm. be randomly by chance. However, if you had 300 people that all randomly flip coins and pick mm -hmm. their games based upon that, one of the 300 would have that record and would conclusively say, I am indeed a winning better, but no. So you can be, it's not a hundred percent confidence interval. It's only 99.7. So enough, enough samples you could land in the winner, but because there's only five of us, six of us giving out picks, it's very unlikely. No, that that's I what's going on I here. I think that's a fair way to think about it. Um, and, and the way to think about that, a, a good analogy to what Fez is saying is think about the bracket contests Great at ESPN, right? There's a lot of people that are going to be in that, you know, if there's a million people playing, well, the 1%, which there's got to be someone in the 1%, is going to be pretty damn good, right? And the question is, how good are they for the next year, right? If you took just those people. And if you look at the main event, for instance, on the final table, mm -hmm. typically you're going to get like four pros, two semi-pros, one rather good player, and two just madmen that just dodged raindrops for seven days. Yeah. Because the, the field's so big that... You know, there's going to be some guys that went, went, went eight and one on coin flips and doubled up. But I think we can agree. Um, okay, Mackenzie says, if 50-50, this should happen only 0.38% of the time. RJ, that's one out of 300. That's pretty damn good, actually. Yeah. All right, so it's saying it's a one in 300 chance. See, Steve's, you know, if he keeps talking, he's going to say something smart, and he, and he did. Boom. <laughs> Wednesday, not halfback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. All right. So let's get started. And by the way, um, let's see. So what's our well, – maybe we'll talk – maybe pass me up the records for everyone. Do we have them on Right on the back sheet? of your sheet. All right. Let me see here. I know I won my five. I know Fez finally won his five. Oh, yes. I'm up. Okay. Uh-huh. So – oh, okay. So we don't have last week's numbers? Uh, no, I just add them to uh, yeah. the pool. Yeah, yeah. So I would have last week's added to that going forward. All right. So AJ 30 and 14. Scott's 24 and 18. And Fez is bad. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday bad. Yeah. First um, day bad also. Um, <laughs> but luckily, you're the only guy with more losses than wins. So, and again, you have the bad. I mean, what's your season? Now, listen, here's the thing about the season to date for him or, or the year to date. He's double documented. We have the normal pregame documentation, which is really unbeatable, as in the minute the game starts, the pick is posted for all to see. So, and every there's been dozens of people that's tried to track what got posted to see if there was any abridgments later. Like, oh, we'll take get rid of every third loss. Nah, never happens. Never can catch that because we don't do that. We wouldn't have a documentation if we're gonna cheat on it. We just wouldn't document. But anyway, we it's Rock solid. You can check that out yourself at pregame.com. But then we have a guy who's, what, like 30 years in the business as like a gadfly, mm -hmm. right? Used to work for the original his Silicon Valley, Computer Bob, yeah. Yeah, his name's Computer Bob in the form. Well, he, as a favor to us, or no, he wanted to do it, but it was a favor too. What's that been now? Like five years, right? Six years. Mm -hmm. 
He tracks every play because Fez direct sends him to him uh, as part of your uh, like a pro program, and that's the record that is promoted. And how are you doing this year? So NFL fifty seven percent, college sixty three percent. Okay, can't name a player, and I'm sixty percent back to back years in college football. So I'm unbelievable. My guys no, it's are not good. unbelievable. My guys are really good. I think it's very believable. I know a lot of people at the local cafe that can talk a lot of players and they don't know anything. Mm. The question is the market versus the you know how those players play to get. Now, occasionally backup quarterbacks, that kind of stuff, that player knowledge matters. Now, AJ, you're winning again in college too. Yep. All right. So, and now adding college basketball to the mix, all the more fun. So I'm going to make a special offer right now. I got to be honest, I didn't check this with the head of sales, but I'm going to pull some weight here. All right. So we're putting a special package together. The rest, you know, and we can offer something just in the NFL too, I think. That's interesting. All right. But let's start with just the, or the combo package. Every pick, the rest of college football. All right. That's going to be the rest of the weeks. It's going to be championship week and all the bowl games, which is like three more weeks. So we figure there's about a third, a little more than a third of the season left when you count all those bowls and everything. Okay. And the rest of the NFL, up to and including the Super Bowl. And if we know AJ, he'll be trying to steal some of Fez's props. So he'll have those <laughs> in the package. And we figure there's almost a little less than two-thirds of the season left when you count the playoffs. So it's like one full football season. Okay. So four ninety five would be a price, and that's the price we're going to offer to everyone except you. You get $100 off additional. So $495 becomes $395. So for like 100 bucks a month, effectively, pretty much, well, $150 a month, you're getting every college football pick. Now, you've, you were the champion like three, or three and four years ago. Three and ago. four years ago, yeah. And now this year you're 56%. Yep. I mean, if anything, he came in as a college expert, and he, and he keeps winning there. And every NFL pick from a guy that's 65% over two years, right? Documented by the world right here on this podcast. All right. What's the coupon code? AJ over Fez. (laughs) 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 No, here's the thing, Fez. Here's what I'll do. I'll change this coupon code if you bet heads up against AJ the rest of the year. 500. Just that's it. One $500 bet you against AJ from today on on these picks. Oh, sure. I'll do it. You up for that? Oh, sure. You up for that, sure. right? Sure. I hope you're confident about that. Yeah. I mean, he is Fezzik. He was Fezzik. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm teasing him. But as long listen, as we make the picks on Wednesday. Listen, if there's anyone that has a vested interest in Steve, it's me. But when he get, deserves heat, we want to give him heat. You're right. He gets so much love. We, when we give him the love, we want people to say, you know what? He deserves it. He had to put up with RJ killing him over that AJ thing. That's what we're doing here, Fez. That feels right, does it? Listen, you've goaded over people long enough. I mean, for a long time, have you? There's no doubt. About it. <laughs> You're on my text list, right? I am. You get me by college football. I yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna change that coupon code. We're gonna put AJ one. Now some would say that means AJ's number one. I'm not saying that. AJ one. All right. That's three characters: an A, a J, and a number one. 
Oh, see, that could be AJ one, but we don't want to talk. You just explained AJ the business. wins. Maybe AJ wins. Yeah, we're changing it. AJ wins. That's going to be one, two, three, four, six characters, no space. AJ wins. And uh, Mackenzie, make sure they do that. Uh, cap all caps is ideal, but you know, have them do variations. Yeah, it's a- not cap sensitive. A oh, I think it is. I'm almost certain it is. I built Mackenzie's that. Mackenzie's going to turn it off. He's going to say it's, either way it's going to work. Well, yeah, either way it's going to work. But I built th- that system with old text, and I think it is password or case sensitive. Though maybe it's changed. I hope it's improved. You know, can't always be just on my back. Stuff I did five years ago. All right, but it works well. The cube, a lot of discounts be given out. All right, AJ wins. Now, let's think quickly here for a second what we want to do for just the pros. Okay, so we're going to do 249 is going to be our special price for our people. We'll put it up at 299 and give $50 off for our <laughs> listeners. And that's going to be AJ Hmm. We'll just go AJ50 on that one. All right, so AJ wins, gets you 100 bucks off if you get the combo. And that's 395. You get down 100 or it's 495, you get it for 395. Okay? Just you guys, no one else. Don't tell anyone. All right. Then just the NFL is 299 regular. We're going to knock off 50, make it 249, and that code is AJ50. I don't see any reason all those bowl games I mean, you cry about how much work you do during those bowls. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want those? Yeah. All right. Pregame.com. Click buy picks. Go to A.J. Hoffman. He's the only one that's going to have this offer up, and you're the only one getting the extra coupon discount. A.J. wins and A.J. 50. All right, Fezzi, are you worked up enough now? Are you ready? I guess. Now, remember, <laughs> tearing down other people doesn't make you taller. So it should be about you excelling, not trying to tear down A.J., but out of respect, going up first, still with honor, Steve Fezzik. Ooh, I get to retain honors. Yeah. All right, I am on, and this is going to be a popular play, the Green Bay Packers catching three and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. No shocker here. Now, I, I got um, Green Bay also as my three weight, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, AJ has a three weight. My three weight and McKenzie's five weight. Yes. Ooh, all right. So, so quadruple-like. So right. I love betting on a game where the line is off by versus my power rings, but I can explain why it's off. Mm-hmm. And here's a case where, well-documented, you know what, Pittsburgh, they're styling. They're doing very well. They're 5-3. and three. They've been outgained, and everyone knows this, every single game all year long. That's impossible. I mean, it's just it, because, obviously, if you're outgained in a game, if you told me the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be outgained in any random game, who do I want to bet straight up to win the game? I want to bet on their opponent. I don't care that they're Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care that they're turnover-driven. They immediately should be the underdogs. So it's remar- It's remarkable that Pittsburgh has this record. Now, you could argue that people, someone might disagree say, well, that's what Tomlin's teams do. They did it a couple years ago, and they outperformed. Well, they've done it consistently since Big Ben hurt his elbow. Exactly. But what, you know, when I go back and, and look at the overall numbers, I mean – Pittsburgh is just like yards per play. They're minus 0.9. I mean, it's an impossibility that they can be five and three, given how poorly their offense plays and how mediocre their defense plays. In a power rating perspective, I think I have Pittsburgh way too high. I have Pittsburgh one point worse than an average team. 
I really think they should be three points worse. So why do you have them at one? Because at some point, I have to say there's, and we did this with New England, remember, mm-hmm. where the New England numbers just didn't jive. So mm-hmm. I said, I'm just going to put up a manual adjustment, and I'm going to bump Pittsburgh two points for having a ball-hawking defense that's opportunistic. And somehow- All right, so you're saying you don't fully understand why they're exceeding their underlying numbers, but they are, and they've done so consistently enough, you've got to account for it. Exactly. And I'm not just giving them a half point. I'm giving them two full points for that. And does, what does your power rating say after those two full points are given? Pittsburgh should be laying two and a half in this game. So you're saying that you think the game should be pick them if you were just going with your underlying numbers. Exactly. Wow. Okay. And and if my numbers, without that manual adjustment, say it should be pick them, and I'm catching three and a half – that never happens, ever. I'm taking it. I'm on the Packers plus the three and a half. All right. AJ? You want It's McKenzie's five weight if you want to let him go uh, first. How's this? I'll decide who okay. goes when. Uh, listen, so what I've been doing lately is when the, when the sheet comes out, there's— And don't start giving speeches. Just tell us what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. Right. There's 13 games. <laughs> what I've been doing lately is waking up with eggs no. and toast. <laughs> 26 teams, <laughs> and I'm looking at teams that are favorites that I say, how is this team a favorite? And this week, the Steelers were on that list, as were the Jets, as were the Falcons. All right, so let's, and I'm dig, either... let's dig into this theory. So you look and say, who's the false favorite? As like the, the different Who are teams that I don't want to bet have to win with any kind of margin? And okay. the Steelers so are... a different question. The Steelers are that to me. Like Of all the teams, especially over three, the idea that I have to give more than three points with this Pittsburgh offense just... I can't wrap my head around it. But 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 typically you look at the schedule and say, are there any favorite? There's two things you could do. Hey, this the wrong team's favored, or you could do this team plays closer games. They don't get margin. Does I don't want to lay seven with them or whatever. What which one are you talking? The latter. Okay. And last week we we kind of talked about this with the Patriots. Like, how could you look at the Patriots and go, mm-hmm. "Yep, I want to lay over a field goal All with right. that team"? So, what do you think of that, Steve? Well, and I, you know, the beauty of this is you avoid any point spread shenanigans, right? Because the ultra, the underlying goal of the team you bet on and your bet are one and the same. If they're, you play the dog, yes, because they're, they're doing everything humanly possible to win. So, if they do win, you're going to cash your bet. Yes. Well, I would say that sounds right, except when the quarter they don't kick an extra point. Well, that's where. where yeah, I guess you're so, right. so that I guess it kind of makes my point. Where if if you have Tampa Bay plus two and a half, I understand. You're right. Yeah, there is one exception. This whole field goal at the end of the game instead of going for the touchdown stuff, because really that like for a long time people would teams would only go for the touchdown. Now they kick a field goal with 15 seconds left and act like they think they're going to win. Help the Rams do it after the clock has expired. It, yeah. Yes. So that one, the, those misaligned inches there. But you're right. That's the rarest of the rare cases. Yes. All right, so you like, but you're saying this puts you on the underdog. Okay. But what I'm asking is, do you like the idea of saying what team doesn't get margin? What team plays closer games? I, I absolutely do. And, you know, as it turns out, you know, I know Green Bay is the underdog here, but Green Bay has played a lot of close games this year as well. As I think about the Atlanta game, right? Where mm-hmm. they, they should have won, they blew it, but I mean, it's still covered, you know, catching the two and a half in that game. By the way, Fez, since 2018, Straight up record of teams that are outgained. What would you guess? Don't look. Percent win percentage wise. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make the sausage here. Mm-hmm. Think out loud. So I would say the average uh, team gains like 330 yards. Mm-hmm. I would say the average margin, given you you win it, you're probably winning it by man, 70 yards mm-hmm. on average. So how much is 70 yards? At 15 yards, is worth a point. 34, 5, 6. So I'd say it's like a minus five favorite. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm gonna round up like a minus six. It's like a minus two thirty. So I'll go like that's sixty sixty three percent. Pretty good. So it's thirty one percent winners if you're outgained at thirty two percent. So what's about, the percentage if you are not outgained? Sixty nine percent. Nice. Yeah. So I'm a little low actually with sixty three percent. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yep. It was right in that sixty-eight to yeah, but actually the minus two thirty was right, mm-hmm. and then I converted it wrong when I when I when I turned made it only sixty-three percent. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's thirty-one point three percent, and that's interesting. There's four hundred sixty-eight winners, a thousand twenty-eight losers, six ties, actually a tie. Okay. Um, so your point is we're rolling a thirty-one percent chance. To the power of what with the pits where they won eight games? Well, the beauty is it's not to the power. I just multiply eight, three sevenths times or whatever it is times well, eight. I just multiply the numerator by that, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah you can take, you can, you can, you're saying 30%, yeah. yeah um, I'm saying point and they three po- one to the power of eight, right? No, just times eight. They should win 2.45 games. But that's the, but that's the same thing in this case, right? Well, not to point the power. Three. The power would be what's the chance they're undefeated. This is just their expectation. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, that's right. So they have. Oh, good point. Because uh, you're saying because the record is six and two. Or what is the record? Five and three. Five and three. Okay. Huh. Uh, so that's a whole different thing. So how would you go about that one? So number of games they played. Mm-hmm. So they played eight, eight times point three one. Okay. Each game they should have a thirty one percent chance of winning when they're outgained. Yeah, but how do we how do we identify the fact that how unlikely it is for them to win five out of eight? Oh, you'd have to. You, so you'd have to do plug it into a binomial distribution, and you'd have to. You'd have oh, to. Okay. You'd have to McKenzie, say p we, equals point three one, and n is equal to n. And what's the probability yeah. that you land five? We got our binomial machine, right? Yeah, I can look that up. Yeah, so it's point. Uh, well, you've got the data you provided. Okay, uh, we'll see what that is. All right, continue, AJ. And then the Steelers, their best player on offense, George Pickens, was a giant baby last week, and it's leaked over into this week. He had two catches for minus one yard. Deontay Johnson scored his first touchdown in almost two years. Nine Steelers teammates met him in the end zone and celebrated. Mm -hmm. Not George Pickens. He went straight to the sideline, sat down on the bench, started pouting. Then when he got home, deletes all the Steelers stuff off of his Instagram. Posts a a story on his Instagram that says, free me. And and then Mike Tomlin's got to be like, his complaints are a pebble in my shoe. This is stuff that doesn't happen with the Steelers very often. Well, but see, hmm, see, I disagree with this a lot. Well, well since Antonio Brown. <laughs> well, that's the whole point yeah. is Tomlin keeps these things under control. And let's be candid. Everyone thought Pickens was a great athlete coming out. I mean, no one had any doubt he was maybe nope. the most athletic receiver. But he was a... Um, Kind of like Herbert, a character issue. There was something <laughs> wrong with him, and 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 Steelers took a chance because the theory... I could be remembering wrong. Did he have an underlying injury though? No, I don't I think don't, so. I could be wrong. No, because he played his rookie mm-hmm. year. I mean, I I don't think. Yeah, um, you remember AJ? I don't remember him having an injury. So this makes sense, but this is what the Steelers handle very well. Yes. Is my is my sense. So I wouldn't consider that a big issue, but it's certainly not a positive. I agree there. Yeah, and it, listen, I don't like the Packers. I don't like Jordan Love. I've been saying that. But at the end of the day, the Steelers well, are— What tw- don't you like about—like, like like statistically, what? Statistically, certainly. But I, I don't think Jordan Love is a, an NFL quarterback. I, I don't think that he's long for this league. But I, I could say the same thing about Kenny Pickett. I, I don't think either one of them are. And with one of them, I've got to lay three and a half points here. The Steelers are 24th in scoring margin, and I have to lay three and a half points with them. I, I just can't get there. You know, right. this would be a great bet. Last longer. I don't know who to make the favorite. Jordan Love versus Pickett. 
Oh, Pickett. I think Pickett. You're right. Yeah. Just because Pittsburgh, mm. Pickett's playing a lot better. We know Pickett's going to be starting next year, and we can't say that about Jordan Love right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, Pickett, yeah. Pickett's playing really well in the, in the second halves, quite, or mm. certainly. Now, by the way, there's a lot of talk about play Pittsburgh against them in the first half and on them in the second half, and that's done very well. But if you actually look at it, Steelers are very bad in the first half, but Green Bay's almost as bad. They don't score. In the first half. Yeah. So this is a situation. Green Bay doesn't. Yeah. But actually, if you look at the total, it doesn't really lend itself to an under because uh, Pittsburgh, uh, or I'm sorry, it doesn't lend itself to an under, which you would think if both teams are struggling because their defenses actually do poorly too Mm. during that time. Um, At least Pittsburgh's does for sure. Um, Now, if you look at the second half, and and this is just to get a feel for it, this game, we got Pittsburgh – Okay, so they actually improve. Well, third quarter is actually a pretty good advantage for Green Bay. A decent advantage, not huge. And then you get to the fourth quarter, it's advantage Pittsburgh. But but listen, Green Bay does well in the fourth also. Yeah, You would think there'd be a total or something in there with extremes, but they actually mirror each other mm-hmm. every step of the way. So I would be careful with quarter plays. But I'm also on Green Bay with my three-way and to me, it's the half to some degree. It's the the narrative, the half point, but the narrative has been so much on Green I mean, we back Green Bay over, right? Seven and a half. Yeah. We and could still steal we it. We could still win. But what I'm saying is there's just been this like fundamental sea change against Green Bay, against love. And maybe so, but listen, even though it's his fourth year, he's he's in his first year starting. So to what percentage, to what degree does those years on the bench count? They can't be like he's in his fourth year. That we know. So, And we know that these players don't get a lot of snaps if they're backups in the NFL at this point. Backup quarterbacks are not able to be developed. So now you know, Love is there for three years with Aaron Rodgers, who we know is a selfish dude. I mean, you think he's going to really help Love? The guy he got mad got drafted? Maybe he did some, but he wasn't all in in it for sure. He wasn't mentoring him. They weren't doing ayahuasca together. I don't he only becomes a mentor when his Achilles is blown out. Then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I, I'm going to help this guy. Yeah, because he can limp over and be in the camera still. Yeah. So to me, this is a rookie quarterback effectively or some variation of a cross between a rookie that's been sitting on the bench and thus he's supposed to get better. To me, coming off the bye, the fact they played so poorly was a real disappointment. I lost that. But that's one game. So I'm not so sure that Green Bay is going to be horrible from here on. But let's – oh, I forgot. McKenzie had a five on this. Let's let him go. Yeah, it was kind of interesting going through the math that we just laid out. When you're outscored, you're outgained, you win about 30% of the time. Well, they played eight games. So they should win three and a half games. If you look at the fourth quarter win share, how well they were doing actually in these games with a few minutes left – they should have won three and a half games. I feel like the Steelers are massively overrated. Our five metric power rating has the Packers as the better team. I'm getting the hook on a three and a half. I like the pick. One thing, it should be two and a half games because I played eight games times .31. Okay. Uh, so just say that fully, what you're saying? Uh, so the Steelers have played, yeah, eight, you're right. they played eight games mm-hmm. and with a .31 chance of, su- of success each game, it should be two, two and a half wins is what we would expect from, from them, not three and a half. Because they played eight games, not nine. Okay, yep. so well, I mean, if anything, your point—that correction on the math—makes Pittsburgh look worse. Obviously, y- yes. Okay. Um, now, listen. I don't think you can dismiss at, at some point. 
you keep pounding your head against Tomlin, it, you're going to lose. What I mean is if it's like a point and a half, you know, you're like it's a point and a half edge because I think there is some number. Fez has it at two. I don't know what's right. I don't think it's five, right? It's not five points. So to me, we got enough margin here because it's both the Pittsburgh love, the culmination. Because they look, listen, they just played on Thursday, and that was the one game you could make the case that they had more control of. I mean, I know there was times they were down later in the game, but they weren't really – there was no point you felt like Tennessee was in control of the game, the Thursday night game. Yeah, but ultimately it came down to a Plinko result for against the spread. Okay. <laughs> we got to come up with something other than Plinko. Fifty-fifty. Yeah, a coin, maybe a coin flip. It was a coin flip at the very end. Explain Plinko one more time, just for those that want to hear. Plinko it. is the hockey puck that they use on the Price is Right, where they they put the the puck and it goes do 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 do, and it's got all these different pegs and it lands on a prize on the bottom. And so, like whether a contestant wins five thousand dollars or a hundred dollars, it's just fifty-fifty depending on which way the puck falls mm-hmm. on the last plink. Did you did you know that before? I'm a massive Price is Right fan. I, that, my dream job when I was a kid was to replace Bob Barker, so I know what Plinko is. But did you know the name of it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you know it, Scott? Absolutely. Okay, I'm surprised. Uh, Mackenzie? Only through conversations with Fez did I know what Plinko means. How I, many... I have never actually seen Plinko. So, what? I, I don't watch, I've never I never watched Price is Right. Oh, you're a loser. <laughs> so... AJ wins. Wednesday bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's going to be a shame if I have to turn your mic off. I mean, should we go a thousand? <laughs> oh, I got to be honest with you. I got to be up. Uh, press the what now? How we got a guest in? What's he saying? Press the button. I don't know. What, what do you want to press? You want to speak or say? Should Fez go a thousand? Oh, you want to back AJ? No, I'm just like press the button. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. <laughs> it is pressed between those two. They got the $500 back. You know something? Here's what I'm going to do. If AJ, and you got to agree to this, or, well, you're in trouble. <laughs> if you badmouth Fez the rest of this pod, I'm going to unilaterally raise it to 1000 the back. Okay. All right? Is that fair? It's fair. And I, I love the fact that AJ, like, his meat selections is impeccable. His meat selection? Yes. What are we talking about? Meat. He likes like the right type of meat. He likes tomahawk chops and. What's that got to do with anything? You're just trying to say something nice about him. Yeah. Maybe you should say something nice about all his winners. He's doing good. I tell you, you would. Maybe I'm soft, right? But let's let's give you an example. I've worked with a lot of people over the years, and I've gotten a lot of press that they didn't get. When sometimes someone would get some press that what didn't come from me, I would be so happy for them. I'd be like, finally, I cannot feel the pressure of like trying to somehow say you're just as good, but you know you weren't. But I mean, you can act like it if you force me to. But why don't you just get some press yourself? And when they finally do, I'm happy. Fez, you've been as dominant with wins with super contests as anyone could be. I mean, over the in a way over the industry, not just over the people you've participated with. I mean, you struggle with me, heads up, but that's fine. Everyone does. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You think you'd be happy for AJ getting it. No, he wants it all. He's like that. Uh, no one was rooting more for AJ to win last man standing. The and, last two years he made two it wasn't solid th- runs. It wasn't going to threaten you. But now this is, he's in your NFL turf right now. No, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys know now, any smart mountain has consequences. All right. And don't make me take you in the cage. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So Mc- I thought McKenzie's take was right. I guess the simple answer here, and we'll move on, is Pittsburgh is doing something we don't understand. Maybe it's all luck, but I don't think so. But man, this line is so off because of the. Let me ask you one more question. Uh, Let's differentiate home favorite versus dog because I, if Pittsburgh, if I saw great value, but Pittsburgh was a dog, I'd have more trepidation because Pittsburgh and Tomlin just gets his guys, you know, jacked up. But when Pittsburgh's a favorite, I'm not so fearful to go against them. And I do think they've had a lot. Those games that you have to come back are strainful. It's straining. And they don't get it. They don't coast ever. Think about it. what game were they? The only game they coasted was Houston when they were getting blown out. <laughs> Can right? you coast when I mean, you lose? Yeah. I mean, yeah. What's their biggest lead of the season? Do they even yeah, have? That's a, a great question. Do they have they ever had even a seven point lead? I'm sure they have. I don't know. You're sure? I don't know. I don't know either. Against the Raiders on Monday night, I think they had a they had a two touchdown lead yeah. at one point. Oh, ah, really? Well, do me a favor. You can actually put biggest lead in, into the database, mm. and just so just list the Steeler games and, and 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 put the biggest lead before the at sign. You know what I'm saying? I think so. All right, give it a try. If not, I can do it on my laptop. Um, I'm interested. I'd be interested to see what there. There's different people. that's done work with every second you take the score, and then you look over the course of the game. What was the average score? Mm-hmm. Right. Pittsburgh's would be like so bad relative to the, the record or even their net margin. Sure, sure. You know, and I, and I, this is an Allen Boston trick, and I love this. He used to like just watch the ticker back old school, and it's like if UNLV won by 18, but like they're, they're ahead by six or eight most of the game, it's like that's a phony final, you know, because, you know, the average of how much they were up by was nowhere close to the final margin. So it looks like Pittsburgh had a lead of 16 in one game, and no other game did they lead more than a touchdown. There you go. Wild. So seven games, the lead was either seven or zero, meaning they had no lead in two games. Wow. Okay. And I I think Fez is right in that. I mean, I I when Tomlin's a dog, I'm like, oh, how do we back Tomlin as a dog? But Tomlin is a favorite, and these uh, specifically these favorites where it's more than a field goal, minus three and a half or more. 46%. 46%. When you say a, when you say a dog though, is that because you think they play close games or you think there's a psychological element to Tomlin? I think Mike Tomlin gets his guys up for these games. Like mm-hmm. I, I think when Tomlin thinks nobody believes in them or they don't have a chance, that's when they do their best. And j- just to put a final point on how bad the underlying stats are cuz it's one thing to say underlying stats are bad. It's another thing to say, "All right, what what are we talking about here? How bad are they?" So we're going back to the uh, series of downs, right? How often do they convert? Pittsburgh on offense, is they have actually improved a little bit. And I, I think the case could be made since the receiver, uh, Deontay Johnson. Johnson's come back. They have been better. But again, with Pickett or Pickens upset, who knows? But um, they're number 32, 31, 29. No, 28. Steelers are 28 on offense. That's bad. And on defense, you might think they're like great, but they're actually behind league average. So they're one, two, three, four, five, six, about 14 on D. So 14 and 28 in a very important stat. So what in offense is more important. So what do we say? They're like 22, 20, 22, maybe? Like three points worse than an average team. Yeah. So in now Green Bay, you might say, well, what are they? What's Green Bay? Well, Green Bay on offense is about number 20, yeah, that looks right, and on defense, they're about number 16. 
So if anything, it's teams favored. Slightly better. Slightly. Yes. But I think you could say these are even teams that tend to play close games and we're getting three and a half. Yep. Case closed. All right, RJ, your five weight game. I'm There's ve- some crossfire on this, by the way. Yeah, someone's making a mistake. I'm very comfortable in the second slot, though. Maybe that's interesting, Fez. Maybe I should move up to first. Maybe you and I need a contest. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm doing a little better, but it's not the year I – you know, we went 4-1 and one in the Super Contest. By the way, 4-1, and one, and the loser is Houston. Yeah, that oh. was – that's that was such a rough. <laughs> that sucks. I mean that that that's saying you can pick as well as you want, but we're not giving you a five and that up. was like a coin flip at the end there. <laughs> Again, that was a very favorable it was a blinko. coin flip. It was a blinko. <laughs> plinko, plinko. Plinko. That's yeah. it. Plinko. All right. So next up. Oh, okay. This looks good. It's AJ. Well, wait a minute. I can't say that anymore. It's AJ and Scott against me. I got the five weight though on the Saints. And this is a situation where I'm fading what I consider to be a really great story with Dobbs. I mean, I, that, first of all, you know, I knew a guy who actually was drafted. He was older brother of my good friend. He was drafted in 83 as a kicker, and he was drafted in like, ah, I think it was like the eighth round. It's around. It, it wasn't crazy late, but it's a round they don't have anymore, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe it was the eighth. But um. He was like the third kicker picked in that draft because they don't kick, you know, pick a lot of kickers. And he was from a little small school in Ohio, Capitol, which is in Columbus. And um, he he never he never he was drafted by the Eagles and he never made it. And he kept going for about four or five years. Try he played in the USFL, never made it. And it was tough because you go your whole life with a team, right? High school, call it, and now you don't have a team. You get cut, you go home, and you got to, like Rocky almost drinking the eggs, you got to keep training. You got to keep wanting it. And think of Dobbs. I mean, if he's a rocket scientist, like they say, he has a lot of alternatives. Right. But wait, Rocky only drank the eggs when he already had his title shot. He he wasn't drinking the eggs when he was like f- f- fighting. Um, the, yeah, he was fighting for his locker. Spider Rico, you're thinking he's of. a bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he took his locker away <laughs> after that guy's he still around. After he beat, you know the the vicious yeah the vicious thing about that loss was when or one he won is when they paid him. It's like okay, here's your eighty five dollars, fourteen dollars for locker fee, twenty two dollars for the and then he had like you know. 30 bucks. Yeah, it's like 1975 <laughs> money also. Yeah, I mean, but still, it, what, it you can't live off of that. You know, well, no, even, I was saying the locker fee was uh, seemed excessive to me <laughs> for oh, that. no doubt. Towel fee, the <laughs> whole thing. So, but you're right. He wasn't even doing So, but most people don't, right? It's hard mm-hmm. to do that. And Dobbs has done that, obviously. And just as obviously, he has alternatives, Options, other options in his careers. It doesn't have to be NFL, but he keeps playing. And then he comes in and does something that the O'Donnell, was that his name? The coach from Minnesota said it might have been the most impressive thing I've ever seen. He had to relay, he had to explain, O'Connell had to explain the plays to Dobbs in Over his the headset, headset yeah, before 15 seconds. Before yeah. the clock ran out and the communication cut off because Dobbs, he would call the play, but he still didn't know what the play was. So O'Connell was explaining, okay, this wide receiver is going to do a six-yard hitch. This guy's going to block this way. And Dobbs comprehended all of it and but, ran the play. But there's a lesson here, and this is from what I read, that his teammates, that that Dobbs was – like so, sometimes you know, you're the smartest guy in the room and you like kind of dis- and, and you figure it out. 
And even though Dobbs was the smartest guy in the huddle, he literally was was like, "Now wait a minute, to Addison, which side of the field are you going to be on?" You know, it's like he he's like, "I don't know what this play is supposed to be." And his t- he 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 got his teammates so the, to help him in the huddle. Also, or, I mean, did he get him to, or did he was willing to have him? But I give the teammates credit, right? They yeah, knew what yeah was but going. he was he was actively asking for their yeah. input, like, "Hey, I'm lost, guys. I just got here." So to me, it's an amazing story. It makes me want him. I mean, what's he been on six teams in the last like year? They say that if you actually because he was cut Practice by the Browns way back. Then he remember he played for Tennessee. He went back to the Browns. He, he went to uh, Arizona. Now he's on Minnesota. I think there was one team in between. I mean, it's amazing. And I root him. I hope he has a, a career. Not tonight. But the rea- <laughs> but the reality is he he was good in a way. With Arizona, but he was very disparate, meaning he had a couple of really good games and had some, he had some disasters. And I, if I can make a bet where he better have a really good game and the odds of that are like one in three or one in four, I like that bet. Additionally, I like the idea that he's still only a week in. So even though we feel like, well, he did it last week, he had an extra week. Who in the right mind thinks a guy learns an offense in a week? And he's got to find a place to live now. Yeah, whatever that is, all I mean, he's probably. I mean, it's the end of the season. He's probably got a nice uh, hotel suite. I'm. Who knows? Who knows? But either way, I, if a guy could learn a new offense in a week, there'd be training camp would be a week. Mm-hmm. Right and and typically it's not a new offense even. Hell, Jordan Love's got four years and he hasn't figured it out. So <laughs> he's not a rocket scientist. So, so to me, I think there's still a learning curve, even though he's a fast learner. I give a ton of credit to his great performance, but this is different. And you got the Saints, and here's the thing about the Saints, and this came from a couple sources. It's a great insight. Is Carr is great when he's got a clean pocket, or good when he's got a clean pocket, not great, good, and he's horrible when he's under pressure. As much as any quarterback in the league, he's sensitive to pressure. Uh And Minnesota, even though they blitz a lot, they don't get much pressure. That's interesting. Aren't they like, they got to be top three in terms of teams that blitz, I'm sure. And and still they're not getting pressure. That's that's damning. And, And if you actually look at Carr when... He's blitzed, but there's not pressure. He's outstanding because now his mm-hmm. pinpoint accuracy, he can set his feet, and he's got advantages. So, um, AJ, maybe you can pull some stats. I, I see you looking, maybe trying to contradict. I, I like to see the numbers you see. Um, but this is a couple of um, X's and O's people have mentioned this. To me, it fits in perfectly. So I, I got a fade on the quarterback, and additionally, I've got a good schematic match for the Saints. The Saints looked horrible last week. Five turnovers to their advantage and barely one. Well, that's that means you can win, but you got the coach on your ass. I think it's a good spot. Saints minus two and a half. Who wants to go first? I'll go. This is uh, I have a one weight. So does AJ on Minnesota. Uh, I'm back in the Minnesota defense here, which has really come on strong. And, and McKenzie and I talked about this in pre-production. And, RJ, you've emphasized this over the years. New signal caller, new green dot on defense starts out slow. Mm -hmm. And Minnesota did start out slow. But now they're starting to look like the defense that I was hyping up preseason when I was picking Minnesota to go over their win total. They've allowed 17 points or less in four of their last six games. And now I have Dennis Allen, who is the worst head coach against the spread 
he's horrible off of a straight-up win, 3-14-12 against the spread after a win. I don't trust him to take his team on the road and win as a road favorite against an emerging defense in Minnesota. And I think I think this team is rallying around uh, Josh Dobbs. You look at Minnesota's schedule. I talked about this before last week's win. I would have bet them plus 200 to make the playoffs looking at this schedule and looking at the run that they had a chance to go on. And now they've won four straight games. The team's going to rally around Dobbs. The schedule lines up for them with – Broncos, Bears, Raiders. This is they they are about to go on a run here. If you look at the NFC, there's not I don't think there's another team you would take ahead of them to be that seventh that that final wild card team. So let me ask you a question. What would you got six points for I mean is being very generous Cousins the Dobbs? I mean that's being very generous I think. Oh no, it's much closer because Dobbs That's crazy. That's crazy. Really? Well, I mean Dobbs was the wor- as Dobbs was a, a slightly better Dobbs might have been a point and a half better as a backup. I mean, they traded him for a seventh round pick for a reason. I was just I had him like a minus two and a half. For, for rating as a quarterback for the way he played for Arizona, he played great. I mean, he terrible did, he team, did, and he, he played. He I mean, didn't I, get, play great. I, I, under, I agree with you, but but I got to normalize it. He's playing for Arizona, so what he did for Arizona. But when you're a running quarterback like that, in a way, you're gonna be able to uh, exceed what your help what the people around you help you with. Mm-hmm. But but it, it, it at that point, it doesn't even matter so much how bad the team is. So you think Minshew's a lot better than Dobbs? Well, let's think about this. So Dobbs is, if you look, Dobbs is 19th in our, uh, you know, composite. Now, what's what's interesting is PFF has him 23rd. You know something? I, I don't understand how, if we look at this and say this is the truth, then we're saying, okay, Geno Smith, uh, Joe, well, Burrow's a different story. Stafford, Stafford's 13th, Dobbs is 19th. Uh, Sam Howell, who's much better, is 21st. Derek Carr's 23rd. Do we really think he's better than Derek? I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't say that's crazy. It, it just, you don't trade a seventh round pick. I mean, like, think about it. He's on a vet minimum now, right? So he makes like a million dollars. And you've got um, uh, Derek Carr, who makes 40 million, right? Who's more val- – I mean, you don't trade a seventh-rounder that's making a, a guy for a seventh-rounder, do you? Long-term, no. But but this well, week, who's better, Love, Howell, or, or Dobbs? You know, I, I randomly take the package of those three guys and say, I got a new football team. Who do I want for my quarterback? And I'm like, well, well, Dobbs is a fast learner, so that's not really fair. But they all seem about the same to me. However, having said all this, this isn't – I can't just take Dobbs' rating – and plug it into the Vikings. He doesn't know. He still doesn't know the plays and his teammates. So, so I, I have to lower it. Yeah. For but, not but knowing. Let's talk about your rating first. Is what did you have Cousins above an average quarterback? Half. Oh my God. And that's probably a bad number. That's probably carryover. Boy, I have him number eleventh. Well, part of it is it, it, Cousins would have to be sixth or seventh this year. The well, way he was playing. Well, I got I got Burrow. I got, I got Stafford eight. He's Goff, better than Stafford. I got this year. Goff nine, Lord. and I got Lawrence ten. He was better in golf. He was. So I agree with it this year. Yeah, if, well, that's if it what was just. If it, well, I mean, well, I, I mean, when you have hundreds and hundreds of reps, I mean, how how, how many more times? I mean, if you got a guy who's considered twelfth entering the year, yeah, and this year he's playing better than usual, it's not that high risk to adjust it, right? But, he only, but he, I agree. But he only played seven games, and I got a long, I got a long history of Kirk Cousins. Am I suddenly going to vault him into but, a but the Kirk top Cousins 10? was always better than people thought. I but mean, he was you, never. He was border. He was like just out of the top ten. He was never top ten. So I'm suddenly going to make him seventh. 
That's that. that. I mean, everyone else this year, pretty much to a man, has had a bad season. If you think about it, well, that's a good point. Right? Which quarterback has had a, a like a better season than we expected? Go down your list. I mean, uh, not Jerry. Two, two, two is the only guy. And I would make a question that's the case after the last couple games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say Lamar, but I'm not sure. Oh, Kirk sir? Cousins. <laughs> Kirk, I mean, Kirk Cousins. Lamar's a great example also. Those are the two. But, right. And clearly, and probably you could argue right now only Lamar because, because two has fallen off. Maybe Dak. No. Yeah, he's kind of meeting expectations. Yeah, Still, maybe a little better. Maybe I don't know, AJ. When you're running for the pylon and you're about to dive, do you step out of bounds before you dive for the end zone? You try not to. Well, yeah. All right, so let me ask you a question then. So let's give it a point and a half on the upside, and you're saying how many points below average was he? I had Dobbs two and a half below. All right, so that would be four. Let's That'd be say. four. But that's if, he, that's if he knew all the plays and yeah. he, had he been so there all year. So you want to say five. I might go six. All right, so let's say six. This line, because I thought it was six without any of the considerations of the play, so I, I'm fair with I'm fine with that. So this line is two and a half Saints. So if Kirk Cousins was there, they'd be three and a half point favorites? So let's think about it. So the Saints are easy. The Saints, I think you'll agree. The Saints are the most, they're the eight of clubs. They're mm-hmm. the most average team. They got an average defense. They got an average offense. And you offense. had Minnesota with Cousins, slightly below average, if I remember. What, without Je- with I, I, with Cousins. With Cousins and without Jefferson, I had Minnesota just slightly below average. Okay. With Jefferson, just slightly above average. So Minnesota has a nice home field. So I think two, two and a half would have made sense if Minnesota was healthy, but without Jefferson. Maybe two. Maybe two. Okay. Yeah. But... What we're saying statistically now it's two and a half for the Saints. But you want that to line should six. at least be th- yeah, at least be three. three, even if we're accounting for three. Probably beats. three. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So to me, that's the difference. If this line's three, I'm off it. I think this is that ha- that twenty cents of Dobbs love, and the Saints looking bad last week. Yes, that's my. And take. I think this is the handicap. How good it? it how close is Dobbs? He's not going to be as good as he was when he played for Arizona. You know, how much of a fall-off is he going to have? Why wouldn't he be as good? He's got a better team Initially, the week one, or week two, in theory. I think it helps Dobbs this week that he played last week. No, I agree with that. If this was his first start, like if if Jaron Hall played the whole game last week and then this week they're saying Dobbs is the starter, I'd feel the same I'd feel differently. I would say you could take away a third of the learning curve because of the experience, but still there's a learning curve left. Well, I, I have a question for you guys, and this yeah. I can't, I, I don't understand. So I know defensive linemen are taught, you know, quarterbacks throwing the ball, you can't get to them, put your hands up, right? Put your hands up. Why do they do that when there's a, a running quarterback with Dobbs? It's like you, so many of these running quarterbacks, they do that pump fake, and the dummy de- defender always falls for it. I, I would coach up my team and, like, look, it's a running quarterback, it's Dobbs. If anybody jumps up when he pump fakes, you're cut. You know, it's like you just ignore that pump fake. How come they can't? Maybe I should say, as the boss here, Focus on winning picks and not being an X's and O's coach because we're not coaches. What do you think of that? <laughs> it does seem like you obsess over these coaching decisions. Well, it's just so obvious. But, but like, who cares? Like, because it costs teams games consistently and stuff like but, this. But, but doesn't that have a handicapping element where you can say some teams do it, some teams don't, and I'll consider that when I make my picks? Sure. Yes. And then we can bet against those teams that do it stupid. Yes. We got to start I, quantifying I make money. jump. I want to make yeah. money. What you got? I think the Saints are a good matchup for Dobbs. Like it's a it's a good game for him to let his skill set shine while he isn't fully aware of the offense. They because they jump up in the air. Not that wasn't what I was gonna say, but the Saints, there's there's two <laughs> weaknesses they? that their defense has, particularly they give up the second most rushing yards to quarterbacks in the league. 
and they are weak against tight ends. That's great for Josh Dobbs, who ran for 66 yards and a touchdown last week on just seven carries. And obviously, Hawkinson has become one of the premier tight ends in the league. It's the it's a a new system quarterback's best friend is that safety valve tight end. So there's some things built in place for that. I I also think what was your very comment presupposes that him being only in one week of prep or one and a half weeks is a negative. Of course it is. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but, but, I, but this line then doesn't make sense. But this was also one of the teams where, it, let's say, let's say just to you're saying you're saying it's mitigated a little bit. I do. I okay. am. That's what I'm but, saying. But it's going to be mitigated. What? Fifty percent? Thirty? I mean, you know, it can't be more than half because he has a, tight, a decent tight end. Yeah, you're probably right. And but do, do me. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say it's just an ideal matchup for him. If you if you've got to play a guy who doesn't know the system, mm-hmm. this is the kind of defense you want to play it against. So let me ask you a question. When you say the second most yards are running quarterback, to me, what makes me wonder about that is is have they faced a lot of running quarterbacks? Because I'm assuming they have, and thus it's maybe about opportunity. How, what's the yards per carry on the quarterbacks? Or is there a, you know, any kind of efficiency measure other than just a raw count? I, I'll have to look that up. Uh, but I'm looking at their schedule. Mm-hmm. It's Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones, C.J. Stroud, mm. Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew, and Tyson Bajan. So no, no, nobody that we would think of as like a... Well, Bajan's a big runner, but I think generally that doesn't sound like runners. I agree with you there. Average of 27 yards per game. 27 per game. And how many carries against him? 4.78 average. All right, so 4.7 divided by, or 25 in what? What was this? It's about five yards like per 5. carry. 5.65 per carry. Five that's not bad. I mean, I mean, I know you can say, oh, statistically, that's better than the uh, yards per carry is like four seven now. But quarterbacks running, it's much higher than that. I think four point two, four point seven is too high. Well, it was four seven earlier, so was maybe it's really? gone down. Yeah, but it's it might have gone down because that was historically it's four zero. Right, right. So, right. Yeah. I could be wrong there. No, no. Do you think a quarterback might be more like five and a half, though? The average I think it's probably upwards. If it's a well, if it's a running quarterback, I think they're up to seven. You I mean, unless they're sneaking, you know, yeah, unless yeah. it's like. They're like Hertz on some yeah. games. That's an interesting question. The quarterbacks, all in all. Okay. But what I do know is scramble. And, uh, the question becomes design run versus scramble. Because a design run usually has about the same yardage as a typical run, but a scramble has much higher. Because remember, you don't even get a scramble carry until you pass the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's a, it's a sack. Yeah. Right. So, but that said, yeah, yeah. That, that said, um, I'm not, I mean, we agree. Saints have a hell of a defense, right? So the question is: the Saints and Vikings, like it's, that's the narrative is that the Saints have this great defense. Well, they have the fourth best when it comes to a, a stopping series of downs, which okay. is a great mm-hmm. stat. But what is it? What they're, is they're ninth in DVOA, uh-huh. which uh, it's solid. But the Vikings are tenth, which so they're 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 equal in that department. Mm-hmm. And so and now you've got the number one receiver out, the number one lineman mm-hmm. out, and the number one quarterback out, or the number one and two, I guess in theory, right? Mm. I don't know who was supposed to be second. They just got done. the uh, number two receiver. No number quarterback. two quarterback. No number two quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting one. My, my thought Mullins. was Mullins was the number two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and then it was Jaron Hall, and then he's gone too. So that, we got the fourth quarterback without the best receiver in football and without a top twenty lineman. If the if the Saints would have lost that game to the Bears last week, what would this number have been? <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell these days because, I mean, it doesn't seem – I think the fact they played bad and won 
they adjust. I mean, let's look at the look ahead. It, it, it was a phony final, and everybody recognized. By the way, I misspoke. I said the Saints were an average team because they have an average defense and offense. Obviously, they got a below average offense, and they have above average defense. So I misspoke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let's look at the line progression here. So if we look at last, and then we'll move on. If we look at last week, the look ahead was two and a half, and it's two and a half. So hmm, that's interesting. And and we thought who was going to st- who started that game? It was the third stringer last week. For Jaron the- Hall started. Okay, but and- the expectations was I believe Dobbs was likely to start this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, all right, all right. Who's next? Uh, my five weight. Geez, you did a lot of talking there. Now you're talking again. I'm talking again. All right, go ahead. If you be ready for me, this is going to be sharp. I'm sure. Really sharp. Dallas Cowboys minus 16 and a half. <laughs> I'm just going to let you talk. Okay. I don't know if you can adjust enough for how bad Tommy DeVito is. Tommy DeVito got benched at Syracuse for a losing Syracuse team. These are the like, kind of like Tom Brady. No, no, he didn't get benched at Michigan for like the top recruit in the country. <laughs> he got benched at Syracuse. Okay. Listen, these are the games that the Cowboys are going to roll in. Remember, they beat the Giants by 40. With Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, they, they beat up on bad quarterbacks all year. They beat up Zach Wilson by 20 points. Uh, and the Jets can actually play defense, which the Giants can't. Uh, they, they, they beat Mac Jones by 35. They beat the Rams with broken finger Matt Stafford by 23. And I think this is a good spot for them coming off a loss to Philly in a game they should have probably won. I think you get a great effort from the Cowboys here. And if you looked at Brian Dayball, I mean, he looked like he didn't want to be there. He looked so dejected, so sad. But but is the dejection something that motivates him for this week? He doesn't want to get back to that place? It's so not getting better. Like he's I think he the, knows. He's had that dejection every week for like three, four weeks. So the, the, the dead cat bounce should have happened. But I would make the case that the, in the game against Buffalo, they played really well. And then... They did. And then the next week, they played really well against the Jets, Jets. right? Should have won that game, too. Yeah, so... I mean, I guess what I'm saying is now that was not with DeVito. That's a whole different right. conversation. Yeah, and, and they, they just got thumped by 24 points against a team with a, a rookie quarterback, a first-game head coach, and now they got to go play these Cowboys. And the Cowboy offense is humming. They've won yardage the last three weeks by an average of 97 yards per game. Uh, they're, they're 3-0 ATS at home. Their cover margin in those three home games, 19 points per game. So when the Cowboys have a chance to put on a show at home, they've been putting on a show. They're a bully. If the they Cow- like to beat up right. bad teams. If the Cowboys win this game by exactly 17 points, just enough to cover, it would be the closest home game they've played all season. That That's wild to me. And this is, I mean, this is such a bad team right now. Uh, this is the worst offense per DVOA and PFF, which you rarely see them be bottom in both. Defense is regressing. What, what measure are you using at PFF? Uh, P- offensive grade, the offensive, the, the overall, overall offensive okay, grade. Okay. Uh, and just I, I, to be clear, that isn't about performance or quality of the offense. It's about how each individual player is playing, which is actually sounds like the same thing, but it's actually not. Because everyone could do something right, and a guy could drop a touchdown. Yeah. One guy has. I'm not saying it's invalidated. But, I'm just trying to explain to the audience what makes it. A slightly different concept, but which, but that's what I'm saying. That's what it's rare that they are in step with each other, mm-hmm. which is why with like we do QBR and PFF grading because it's a combo of those things. Like usually the the grading of the players is a little different than the the analytics, but in this case they're the worst in both. I just don't know how the Giants are respectable here. And you mentioned the stats about the big favorites this year. Uh, the Cowboys are the kind of team who I trust to to 
lay a big number. So I have a derivative on this game as my two weight, and it's the Cowboys in the first quarter minus three and a half points. So Dallas is eleven and one straight up and against the spread after a loss since the start of the twenty twenty one season. Two and zero ATS this season after a loss. If you look at those twelve games. They're outscoring their opponents in the first quarter 8.2 to 4.7. This season, Dallas is the number one scoring team in the first quarter of games, 8.4 points per first quarter, which is actually in line with what they do after a loss in the past three seasons. This year, the New York football Giants are the lowest scoring first quarter team in the NFL, averaging one point per first quarter. They have not scored a first quarter touchdown the entire season. So I have a Cowboys team coming off of a loss, like A.J. mentioned, but that has incredible ATS numbers after a loss that's going to start out fast against a Giants team that doesn't do anything in the first quarter with their starting quarterback and their capable backup quarterback, and now I got a third-string quarterback in? How can I trust this offense to start the football game? Cowboys first quarter minus three and a half. And he's not a third-string quarterback. He's really a fourth-string quarterback. He's an emergency quarterback. In fact, you know, I, I almost feel like, you know, De- DeVito, like, didn't he play for Illinois also? Yeah, he, that's yeah. where he transferred after he got benched. Benched there, at too. Syracuse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I can see him calling, like, friends and family, hey, I'm starting in the NFL for the Giants this Sunday. And it's like, ah, oh, it's funny. That's your Halloween costume, huh? <laughs> uh, no, I really am. Um, if RJ allows me to, I'd like to make this my one-weight because he RJ gave me information that I was unaware of before the meeting pre-production. I'd like to play the Giants Team total under ten and a half. Yeah, yeah. And my, go with it, it, for, for my go for with my it. one way to help help take my th- that thousand bucks from AJ, and so <laughs> I don't want to steal RJ's thunder. Five hundred, but he had some chicken. Um, he no, had, that's right. Yeah, he, he had. He, well, you had some good numbers oh, about about we, these big favorites. And, yeah, the big favorites have been covering as we talked about early, but the split of it. Actually, I think we were on air when we got into it a little. You're bit. right. We were. It was one and a half and like point eight one way, but it was like more than double the value was on going under or or them. Stopping the other team from scoring. Yeah, the big favorite is shutting down the 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 overmatched team, and Dallas is a bunch of angry people off of that loss to Philly. So Giants under ten app is my one weight. It's my derivative bet. Okay, so there's actually um, a trend that kind of backs up AJ's point because it's my belief that motivation is the question whenever you have big big favorites. And that often the value in the underdog is the team not being focused or, you know, the lackadaisicalness of the favor is the value of the underdog oftentimes. But if you simply say, take a team that lost last week and they were not more than a five-point favorite. So it wasn't some big, crazy loss. It was a loss in a close game, right? And that's what happened to Dallas. And now they're favored by more than 10 points, Okay. And the only other thing we're saying is their win percentage has to be over 60%. Because we want this to be a winning team that loses a close game that's now a big favorite. It's a 57 and 45, so 56%. And it's 1.75 points to the ATS advantage. I wouldn't play off of this, but it does back up the concept. You lose a close one, now you have a chance to redeem yourself. They, these teams tend to play well. Now, I would never suggest a minus 1,200 bet to be an official bet, but that's available at some books. See, I don't – after they lost to the card – I mean, Dallas has a long tail on the downside, See, I you like say? it. Yes, but I like it because they lost to the Cardinals. Because that that's the game that the coaching staff's going to say, you, 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 you clowns can lose to anybody out there. you got to be focused here. And so I would say if they played this game 20 times, did the Giants win one? Seems like that seems like like 
Yeah, I don't want. Right I don't want to go against. I mean, Dayball is a good coach, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, remember, he almost beat the Bills. Is Dallas that much better than the Bills? Dak Prescott has won eleven straight starts against the Giants. He, okay. needs to, he needs to win 23 more to yeah. make up for my Purdue loss. <laughs> what's, what's Dak have to do with that? <laughs> you know what's interesting, actually? Oh, this is interesting. Is if you go after week 12 on this, which doesn't apply to us, right? This is that same big favorite thing, right? Okay. After week 12, it's 61%, three and a half points of value. Before week 12, uh uh-oh, AJ. Well, it won't matter to you, but uh, (laughs) it's below 500. So once these teams are solidified and the record means more, these favorites will – it makes sense, especially if it's late in the year, a team gets beat. They tend, even if they have things almost locked up, they tend to want to have a nice win after it. Makes sense. But but again, generally, I'm fine. It's just – how many points do you downgrade for DeVito? Oh yeah, it's one second. I mean, think because think. this was difficult. Um, I had uh, I had Daniel Jones minus one and a half, and I've got Devito minus six, so four and a half point downgrade. I don't I, I don't have a quarterback rating lower than minus six. That's that's the lowest I go. Okay, okay. Does that sound right to you? I mean, d- does Devito for the eye test people here? Does Devito look as bad as any NFL quarterback you've seen? I mean, I think that might be the case. He Clayton can run. Tune. He can run. Is the one thing exactly. he's got wheels. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but if a team knows you're gonna run, yeah, all right. He's he's like a he's probably better than Kendall Hinton, the wide receiver. Yeah, the guy that played for the Broncos during COVID. Now we know. Yeah, now he's probably know. better than that. He's probably better than the running back that kicked field goals. Also, I doubt it. Quarterback. I doubt quarterback. it. No, I doubt it. <laughs> Next, all right, Scott, your five weight. I'm gonna go with the San Francisco 49ers three Ooh. point favorites at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I should say I may press the button. I have, an, I have a derivative in this game. All right. A couple of things here. So, one, 49ers getting healthier. Debo Samuel back is a huge improvement for this team. When he is on the field, they average 6.9 yards per play. When he's off, 5.4 yards per play. They convert 84% of their series. And this isn't just this year. This is like last three years since he's been it's with this the team. season. This season, Debo on the field this season. Oh, okay. All right. Because I know that I think it goes back even further. Yeah. Good. I'm just talking about this season alone. Beautiful. And then uh, they're converting 84% of their down their series into a first down or touchdown with Debo Samuel on the field, 71% when Debo is off the field. So I'm having an influence on you with these series. Yes. I, I like it. <laughs> so Debo, obviously, a huge impact to this offense. So what's, what's Young, the number with Debo on the field? 84%, okay. 6.9 yards per play. So right now, San Fran in all um, snaps or series is number one in the league on offense at 79, so they jump up to 85. Wow. When okay. Debo's on the field. Mm-hmm. Chase Young now arriving in San Francisco is going to have a positive impact on their pass rush. I know people think that Chase Young has actually had a down year in Washington. He hasn't. He's number 10 in the league in pass rush win rate. It's a contract year. He's motivated. So he's playing well, and now you put him opposite of Joey Bosa, who is ranked uh, 16th in pass rush win rate. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. (laughs) Just say Little Bear. Uh, I think it's going to be – it's going to have a major impact on their defense. And then there's this. We like to break down – and coaches and players and fans, whatever – you break down the NFL into quarters. That's what we used to do, like four-game chunks of the season. I know it's a little different now. that It's not 16 games. It's an mm-hmm. extra game. But the 49ers have played eight games. They've gone through their two chunks of the season. First chunk was very good. 
The second chunk was very bad. If Wednesday you, bad. Wednesday bad. <laughs> if you look at teams that are, are, have lost f- uh, three straight games and then had a bye, coming off of that, 76-54-5 ATS plus 2.3 points ATS margin. This is the 49ers' start of a new four-week chunk. They lost three games, they had their bye week, and now they're hitting a reset button. I like them to bounce back off this break, and I expect them to win in cover against Jackson. That is a professional a handicap. effing handicap. That was good. That was good. Um, really good. See, what I'm going to look AJ's rubbing off on me. What, ah, <laughs> what I'm going to yeah. look up is, and I like to hear, Faz, why don't you go with your thoughts? But I'm going to be looking up now. What happens if you lose three games, but you still have better than a 500 record? Because that's going to be a rare thing. I think it'd be even better. Yeah, Yeah. we'll see. But go ahead. You jump in. Yeah, so my concern is, of course, the power rating. So let me ask you, Scott, how good is uh, San Fran? How good is Jacksonville? Give me a number. How much better than an average team would you have both those teams? Well, let's do this. San Francisco is a top, top four team in the NFL. All right, excellent. I'll make them number four. That makes them five and a half points mm-hmm. better than average. That puts them with Philly and with Cincinnati and Miami. Does that feel right? That would be a tie yep. okay. Tie for third. Mm-hmm. Where's Jacksonville? Eighth. Eighth, really? Detroit's eighth. So, so what's what's what do you mean Detroit's eighth? I mean, he said they're eighth. <laughs> what's that? You know, I'm just. I'm doing, what do you think? He's, he's, he's trying got the to Bible guess there. Exactly, is he trying to guess exactly where you have them? My, my my point is, let me let me make them ninth. All right, that would oh, make them oh, three. Go ahead. Go ahead. That, that would make them three points better than an average team. Does that sound about right? Sure. Okay, so I've got a, a team that's a five and a half mm-hmm. playing a team that's a three. Mm-hmm. If they're playing on a neutral, then they should be a two and a half. And the game's in Jacksonville. I don't give Jacksonville a home field advantage. I'm not going to give it to them either. Okay, so we'll just give them two and a half. But I still don't even get to three. So, so basically, you're um, you're getting robbed on the point spread. Well, but you're here, paying for your. Here, here's the question. Here's the question. Boy, that was belabored. Here's the question: Is San Fran could be the best team in the league? Yeah, when they had Debo, when they had Trent Williams playing every well, week. Trent Williams is still questionable. He's still out, yeah. yeah, I like where you're going. Yeah. So the question is: Are they that team or not? Beautiful. Make them the best team in the NFL. Okay. Yeah, Make them a seven. Okay. It, yeah. Then on, on a neutral, there should be a four and a half, and then give Jacksonville crummy one yeah. point for so home field. So this line only makes sense if San Fran's equal to the best team. They can be tied with who, with uh, Baltimore, whoever, but that makes sense. Anything below that, yeah, this the, bet value makes on Jacksonville. This bet makes sense, as, but San Fran has to be the, tied for the best team in the NFL, and, which and they and could does be. It, does they it make be. sense, or does that even get you to the point of three being okay? That gets you to the point. Yeah, yeah. We're saying it's a coin. It's a plinko, <laughs> but that's just the powering. Scott would argue the spot is 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 is, is off spot, the charts. The good. spots are off the charts, mm-hmm. and I think which could be this, worth the point. And the bye week helps Debo yeah. coming back, Chase Young coming in. So I got an improvement on defense. I have an improvement on offense, and I have the situation off the bye. But we have uncertainty about. Um, the bad quarterback play is that driven by the concussion, the head hits, right? Or is Purdy just the pump turning into a pumpkin a little bit? Or taking coincidentally his the best weapon besides Tyreek Hill off the field? Yeah, but that shouldn't make you just throw a bunch of interceptions. Let's he didn't see even what Tua miss, does without Tyreek Hill. He didn't even miss Hill. a game. How bad could it be? Well, I, I I don't I don't tend to judge other people's head <laughs> trauma, but but what I would say is this: this is interesting. This is only the fifth time since 1990 that a team has lost three straight games, went into the bye, 
and still had a better than 500 record. Mm. And uh, they're two and two against the spread. What's their margin? Uh, it looks like, let me see here. I'm going to say rest is greater than. I was looking at the mm. rest split. Let me see. One second. I think it's going to actually be positive because they won by 22 in two of these. So that looks pretty good. Uh, let me see. Rest is 12. Okay. Um, do, do, do. It looks like it is 9.5 points to the advantage. Now, you see, I love this because you just query the trend, and it looks like it's 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 inconclusive, mm-hmm. but that plus 9 is really the number I'm after. So this is in 2003, 9, 10, and 14. So it's been like mm-hmm. almost 10 years since this was the case. Now, I'm going to pull in and only have two straight losses because I'm not sure how much difference there is to the mentality of it. Should still. and but, Yeah, but we're going to have a lot more sample. Um, okay, that's good. So there's 30 games in the or 27 games in this sample, and it's uh, 15 and 11, one push, but it's four and a half points to your advantage. I'm per. sold. I think this spot's worth. Yeah. A, I think it's worth more than a point. Yeah. I think excellent. I'm not going to pray. He's talking me off the button. Good yeah. job. Okay. Good job. That was my goal. Anything else in this one? Yeah, I have uh, my two weight is going to be the over in this game, over 45, and it's mostly about these two offenses who I think are both very good, getting back to full strength. Uh, the Niners offense sputtering without Debo, uh, and both. I, I read Trent Williams was trending to play today. So you, Scott, you saying he's out is a surprise to me. Um, yeah, the last I heard is that the injury is actually more serious than what they initially thought. He that? missed practice. They're hoping he mm-hmm. can practice tomorrow. So it sounds like a, a true fifty-fifty. It sounds like to me. Okay, well, the Jags offensive line is projected to be healthy for the first time all season. Mm-hmm. They have not this is the first day of practice Wednesday that they didn't either ha- either have a player suspended or on the injury report for practice of their projected starting offensive line. And it was so, their best lineman that was suspended yeah. for four games, right? And also Trevor Lawrence had a bye. Now his his right knee is getting a little bit better. Zay Jones practicing for the first time since week 5, he could be out there as well. San Francisco's the number one success rate team per dropback. Jacksonville's five, and that's been with all the injuries they've had. Uh, I think the injuries have dampened expectations on both offenses, so I'm I'm jumping in on this over before uh, the adjustment gets made. Question for all of you guys: So there's 40 percent chance of rain in Jacksonville. Do we wait till the weather report clears? Do we really want to play um, on a grass field and over if it's going to be raining? Hmm. It's gonna be raining. I like the 49ers even more. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it bothers me. Like I, I don't know. Oh, like, it bothers me when I play a total when it's raining. It bothers me. It's I mean, like, if, if on, a, on a grass field, wind bothers me much more than rain does for totals. Rain on turf, I don't care. Rain on on natural grass, I care. Okay. So what's the weather report right now for Jacksonville for Sunday? Rain is in the forecast. Uh, that's what it says. So let's see. The chance of precipitation on Sunday looks like thirty nine percent. It says PM showers though. So that's better. Well, the game is from, you know. Early. It's that one is to four. Early game. Yeah. That's the yeah. afternoon. It's the early game. Hey, it's RJ Bell for Rocket Money. Listen, you know, there's no locks. You know that for sure. But almost a lock is each and every one of you has things you're paying for each and every month that you don't use or aren't worth how much you're paying for them. There's a better alternative. And we have Scott Seidenberg with us to tell about one of his discoveries with Rocket Money. Yeah, discovered that I was still paying for an old editing software that I hadn't used in months. Let's be honest. It was years. And listen, be honest with yourself. Think of the things you've bought. Think about the times you've had a free trial 
and all of a sudden it auto-billed in, and it's been auto-billing. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash RJ. That's rocketmoney.com slash RJ, rocketmoney.com slash RJ. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This is RJ Bell, and I got to tell you, this is one I feel very seriously about. You know, I'm of an interesting age in that I can remember before computers were prominent, before the Internet. And I remember my whole career has been built with the Internet. I've seen the age and time when if you had issues, when you had something you wanted to talk to a professional about, there was apprehension. And one of the things that I think we've evolved as a society in such a wonderful way is we all understand help is a good thing. And that's where better help comes in. All of your interactions with your therapist entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash RJ to get 10% off your first month. Do it today. That's betterhelp.com slash RJ. It starts at 1 o'clock. Yeah. So 1 to 4 is p.m. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm just saying it's, yeah. it's, it's in the right, early right. window. It's not in the yeah, But I guess it means that I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather it be raining during the game than rain all morning and then have to play now on that's a slop a, Now, that is an excellent point, and I do show the 40% only kicks in around 1 p.m. So there I you think, go. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, my fears are a little late. All right. So you feel a little bit better about that over. All right. Fez, your four-weight is Arizona, Atlanta, and McKenzie has a derivative on this. Uncle Dave is on this game as well. But, Fez, it's your four-weight. You kick us off. Okay, this may seem a little circuitous. Bear with me, boys. So over the last two weeks, what were the two most unpredictable, surprising quarterback performances that we just didn't see coming? I would argue last week, Dobbs. That was Mm -hmm. just incredible, you know, that how well he played, right? And the week before, I'd say Will Levis, like kind of like out of nowhere, he just had that just styling performance, throwing bombs, looking so good. Well, aren't we talking about Atlanta? What does that have to do with these two teams? Well, both those teams were playing the Atlanta Falcons. So <laughs> when I see a defense that gets torched by Will Levis and then they get absolutely torched by Dobbs, I'm like, wait a minute. If if you you're 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 getting to play against backup quarterbacks, you're getting, you know, their your dream shot here. And that should be advantageous. And you're getting torched by both of these guys. I have to like have serious concerns about an Atlanta defense that I was had high hopes for. Uh, because of that, I got a downgrade Atlanta. And frankly, I think a lot of people are being cautious with Arizona. They're saying, "Oh, Murray, Murray's going to be rusty first time back." You know, oftentimes quarterbacks come back from injury. You got to watch out. But I think he could have played three weeks ago. You know, I really think that this is a situation where he could he could well be close to 100%. And if Levis and Dobbs can torch you, why not Murray as well? I'm on Arizona. Is there concern about this being Murray's first game with a new OC? Like, never played played for him before. Like, we, we don't know exactly how they're going to use Kyler Murray. That's true, but it, it's, it's difficult for the defense to game plan for yep. it as well. Well... I, in general, I think that there is more upside to Arizona than you, people might think. The question is, how much discount is there because him? Because if they're pricing him as if he's midseason form, then even if you're right, there's no edge. 
So let's try to reverse engineer what we think the line should be. So how much, uh, how much of an upgrade? Let's not compare to last week's Arizona quarterback. Let's compare to Dobbs. What's the upgrade from Dobbs to Kyler Murray? Yeah, let me take a look. Mind. Let me take a look. Uh, I have Murray one point worse than an average quarterback. One point worse? Yes. Oh, man. I mean, like, where would you have him? I would, you're talking about just like now, like coming yeah, into this yeah, week. right now. Well, I see. I don't even know how to. But you're you're kind of saying there isn't. I mean, how much effect? What would he be if it? If I'm saying he's Baker Mayfield. No. What would he be if he was uh, completely? If he was in midseason form? Oh well, then he'd be like number like ten or eleven. All right, which would you be know, what? It would be he'd be like plus a half. So you would upgrade him at one and a half points. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's fair. All right. All right. Go ahead. So okay, minus so a half, and and Dobbs was minus three and a half. I had I had Dobbs minus two and a half. Okay. So you're saying there's only a one-and-a-half-point upgrade? Yes. Okay. So Arizona is getting one-and-a-half at home. So you're saying if it were Dobbs, it would be like three. Almost three. It would be almost three. Yeah. Now it's one-and-a-half. Okay. So does that seem right? Atlanta, three against Dobbs. That seems, that seems a little short, doesn't it? I, I tell you, I don't. But Atlanta's look bad. I, I mean, don't like Atlanta. That, they've got this cupcake schedule all year long. Remember, they had a sky high season win well, number. They're playing the worst team in the league. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, oh you, no, not anymore. The Giants are Giants are horrific right now. But you, okay, but over the year they've been the worst team. Carolina, Carolina's worst. Oh, if Carolina with Murray, maybe not. You're right. But with Dobbs, Carolina had to be over. Eh, that's interesting. They were there with the Bears, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. All right, so, hmm, I, I, I think, I think the case could be made that it's, it's, it's being accounted for. But you know what? And okay, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but if there was one theme like three weeks ago, remember we were talking about like, like postmortem, and we're like, if there's one thing I want to look out for, I know, I, is, is a well below average team playing a crummy team on the road. The well below average team should not be laying points. You know, you can't count. They can't be the favorite, and this is the case here. Atlanta's. Nowhere close. To, I mean, I I think I've got them overrated. I've got them. I'm looking at my ratings here. And I got them one and a half worse than an average team. I'm like, that's got to be wrong. They're worse than that. Um, and you know, even well, well, I think there's been too much Atlanta hate in the last two or three weeks. Well, they got torched by Will Levis. I mean, first of all, don't. I mean, Will Levis is 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 looking shocked. I mean, he played pretty well against Pittsburgh, didn't he? He did. And, and you could make the case the only time he didn't is when he was forced to throw in a spot that, you know, where you don't get to use your judgment. You just got to wing it. And he didn't look good. No quarter, hardly any quarterback looks good in that spot. You know what? I'll give him credit. He threw an interception the last play of the game. I, I love that interception. It's like so many quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers would have thrown in the third exactly. row. And he's like, I'll just chuck it to the, to, to the goal line. I probably, you know, we'll so, go, it gives my team a chance to win. So Will Levis on the field is much better than any quarterback the rookie, except for the Houston, you know, C.J. Stroud, right or wrong. I would I would say as much as we liked what was going on in Indianapolis, it was about the future. It wasn't what was happening I, on the field. I will agree with you, but only because of how tremendous his performance was against the Atlanta Falcons. So was it, it was, was it the Falcons well, I mean, Atlanta, defense is I mean, just Atlanta has the ninth best defense in the league. Yes. And they just back to back. They believe me. I was the one tell, telling you Atlanta had a top 10 defense. And mm-hmm. then the, these last two weeks, but I'm saying right now shocking. with the last two weeks built in, they have the ninth best defense in the league. Yes. And their defense has been just horrific the last two weeks in, in good spots. And so I, I don't know what the hell is going on. 
I don't know, understand how that could know, possibly the, the happen. Ra- the randomness of the game. I mean, the Dobbs thing, one or two plays different, and it's a disaster for Minnesota in that game. What metric has them the ninth best? Uh, the um, conversions of series of new downs. Gotcha. What do you have? Uh, just DVOA is what, what I was looking at. What do they have? 25th. They have them as the 25th best defense. Yeah. Well, then, the, I mean, there lies the, I mean, you know. 28th against the pass, 9th against the rush. So maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm docking them too much for the recency bias, but I was just shocked that no, they but could what, be so what, bad. But what we're saying is DVOA saying now, can you look back and see what DVOA would have said prior to two weeks ago? So well, that's it's a, a good the, question. the last two games not accounted for. Take your time with that. Um, anyway, so let's be clear here. So Fez, you have um, Atlanta. Oh, I'm sorry, Arizona. Plus the one and a half. Yep. I, and McKenzie, am I seeing this right? Has Arizona. Yes, sir. Very bold. Let's listen to Diamond Dave Esler. He actually likes Arizona also. That is encouraging for the boys. I bet the Cardinals plus one this week over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I know, I know, I know. We actually lost one last week. We fell to 66%. And I'm, I'm very excited to see that our winning percentage is something that a lot of people pay attention to. Um, I expect the Cardinals to win this game with or without any points. I mean, last week the Falcons lost at home to the Vikings, led by Josh Dobbs, who had been handed the Vikings playbook just a few days before the game. He looked bad, but Taylor Henke looked worse. He threw interceptions on consecutive plays, and they weren't what I would call good interceptions. They weren't tipped. Uh, His arm wasn't hit, nothing like that. Yeah, he hit both Vikings defenders right between the numbers with no Falcon receiver in sight. Um, even with the lead in the fourth quarter, uh, they let Josh Dobbs, the, the Falcons did, let Josh Dobbs drive down the field with very little time left, very few timeouts, and score the winning touchdown. And on that drive, they had a fourth and seven. Stop them, game's over. They simply can't be road favorites. The Falcons can't. Um, Kyler is expected to start, and, and, and both Moore and Brown are, are, are serviceable wide receivers. I mean, this, this team once beat Dallas. They've lost six straight, I know. Uh, but three of those were to three of the top four defenses in the league. Um, the Falcons, they average just 1.6 points per game, more than the Cardinals, got a worse turnover margin. Uh, and the Falcons average just 13 points per game on the road. Uh, and believe it or not, the Cardinals average 25 points per game at home. Uh, with or without Murray, the Cardinals are going to win this game, but it looks like Murray is slated to play. I bet the Arizona Cardinals to uh, the money line to win over the Atlanta Falcons. That's Dave Esler, also known as Uncle Dave. You can follow him on Twitter, Dave underscore Esler, E-S-S-L-E-R. He's a winner. You guys got to feel good about that. What do you think, Fez, about his analysis? So I like the fact, talking about Heineke, that all things being equal, when you have a quarterback that the team doesn't have any faith in, that's Ritter, all those fumbles in the red zone, and they replace him, that's usually the week I want to back that team because the, the the overall morale, not just the offense, but the whole team goes up because they have more confidence in their quarterback bringing in Heineke. So I think that only lasts one game, and that was last week. So because now, now of that, how much of that is it's a guy that comes in, they don't have a lot of tape on oftentimes, and the tape hurts him the next week, but they have a lot of tape on Heineke. You know, that's, that's a good point. Though it's a different offense, I don't know. But I still think, like, like the body chemistry was just really bad. With Like, the coach says, oh, we have faith in Ritter, but then, like, the, the, the players roll their eyes. Listen, this uh, Arthur Smith, right, is he's been a darling of the analytics people, but they've turned on him. They, mm. You know what's having a strange effect on things? 
is the fact that the fantasy people are so mad at him about Bijan not using the be- best oh. weapon on the field. But 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 that's the thing. I mean, do you think he doesn't know? Like, th- there's no reason he's doing that. The one game he held him out the entire game, only to give him one carry at the end of the game because he was under the weather in air quotes. That was really suspect. There, there was definitely more going on behind the scenes there. And then just no, I, I feel like they're just never they're not using him as much as they should because it seems like every time he touches the football. He makes things happen. He had a 25-yard rush against Tennessee. He had a 14-yard rush against Minnesota. I would keep feeding this guy. But, like, I mean, I think none of us here know more football than Arthur Smith, right? Of course. So, so how do we reconcile that with things that I think most people agree with you? Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't know because I used to say, listen, they're professionals. You have no idea what they're thinking about. I don't either. we got to defer. But then what I've learned is there's some ass-nine decisions that are made because the – Owner wants one thing, and the GM went, and there's these power plays, and there's these irrational decisions that aren't really driven by logic, and thus maybe it is as equally illogical as you think. I don't know. Listen, we we, we just saw a head coach and Josh McDaniels get fired, and a general manager get fired, and the reports are that both of them had disagreements about the quarterback, but who to play at quarterback between themselves. Yes. Okay. And so who wanted what? It was, uh, I think McDaniels wanted Garoppolo mm-hmm. and Ziegler did not. Okay. And but GMs usually don't get to decide who plays. And then just they just fired both. And of them. They just fired both. But, of them. but did they both? But did did they both want um, Hoyer over O'Connell? Oh, I don't know about that. Because I heard that I heard that was a big deal. Also. But we don't know what's going on in Atlanta. Maybe there's some sort Are, of. RJ high, maybe there's something. Maybe there's something going on above Arthur Smith that says, "Hey, listen." We, we, you know, we we have Bijan for the long haul. Let's not run him into yeah, the ground. No, I hear you. you know? That's what I'm. That's how yeah. I'm acknowledging. To your answer point. your question, sometimes we do know more than these coaches because I remember you saying, like week five, well Hoyer, he's like the worst third string yeah. quarterback in the league, and they chose him over O'Connell. Well, I, listen, right? I can if there was a binary, like he's either good or not. There's a chance I'm on the right side, mm. but it wasn't because I had the depth of knowledge, right? Mm, but maybe. But I do think that you know, and this is something. I think if you look, well, I guess getting in the Raiders isn't the time now. But all right, so <laughs> uh, how much time you got? Anything else? All right, next game, RJ. You're four weight, and you're on the Seattle Seahawks. So AJ, when you used to drink in the army mm-hmm. and drink and mm-hmm. drink, and would you wake up in the morning and have a shot like the hair of the dog? Occasionally. All right, that's what I'm doing. The hair of the dog, <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Lane six and a half. We got Washington off a win. Obviously, they look kind of impressed. And I think Howe actually is is surprisingly good. I think if he stops those sacks, you know, just to give some pro Washington. I'm playing Seattle, but I think if he stops those sacks, and they have changed fundamentally some of the protections, as I talked about last week, mm-hmm. look good against New England. But New England is a, is free-falling. I mean, I, I think that's all you can say about it. I think that win doesn't – I mean, remember, Washington was three and a half, getting three and a half in that game. This game, it was six and a half, and it's still six and a half. Six and a half with the look ahead, still six and a half. I think that Seattle looked horrible, and you know what? Sometimes in these games, the one game doesn't tell you the whole story. I'm not sure what story is really being told by Seattle losing to Baltimore. Because what story was told when Detroit lost to Baltimore that badly? Baltimore is great against out of conference. If you only see Lamar every four years, 
He's tough. They, they, they played good. Seattle didn't. To me, that's a motivation. When you are laying six and a half, you don't get to pick your score. But if you play your best game or play a good game, you're supposed to win. You're supposed to cover. And I think Washington's on the road for the second straight week. I don't know, Fez. I mean, do you? how did you reevaluate the Seattle loss to Baltimore? I mean, obviously you give them a downgrade, but— Sure, you downgrade them a point. You, you bring up the good point that, you know, it just happened to Detroit. They got boat raced in Baltimore also. And, you know, obviously Detroit's a good team. Seattle's a good team. And I like your handicap. Second straight road game for Washington. They have to go all the way. They go up to Boston. They outperform expectations. Win as a dog. Quadruple-like, I think, last week for us. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Come back home now. I mean, I'm, I'm not a geography expert, but I think uh, Seattle's got to be the furthest team from Washington, D.C. in the NFL. So um, travel um, is not as difficult as it was in prior years, but it's a difficult place to get to. It's a difficult to play with the, the crowd noise. It just has the feel for Seattle brings – Put for, puts forth their A game off off of getting demolished, and Washington's a little fat and happy. Yes. Yeah, I I, I think that's fair. Go ahead, Jim. I think you're taking ankle weights off here because Seattle in the last two weeks has have played the two best defenses in the whole world, uh, playing the Ravens and the Browns back to back weeks. It, it's going to expose some things, and it, they they both those teams play a ton of man. And we talked about Geno Smith against man versus zone. Now you play the Commanders, who do, they don't have the talent to play man defense. They're they're not. This is a bad bad defense, and I, the Commanders are four and five. Their scoring differential is minus fifty four. Mm-hmm. Only the Cardinals, Panthers, Patriots, and Giants have a worse scoring margin. And they just lost to the Giants. And none of those teams have more than two wins. A giant it, loss is looking. It's not aging well. I I think that I think you're on the right side here. Seattle was my last cut. Uh, I, Again, I, I was I was on Baltimore against Seattle last week. This is a bounce back because, like I said, it feels like they're taking off a, a weighted vest and and they're about to just be able to go against a defense that has no idea what they're doing. And, and I think Seattle's going to be able to put up some good points here. So the Fez's travel point. It's the fourth time in Ron Rivera's career that he's going coast to coast. So in the Pacific time zone, his teams are failing to cover the spread by fifteen point seven points per game. In those four games. Ooh, now how many? How many? Uh, only four games. Yeah, it's oh, only four, four games on the Pacific. Uh, oh, and four against. I don't have fifteen point seven per game. Yeah, I just have the stat oh here. I'm All right, that's the. the <laughs> that's outrageous. No, I mean it, it's good. I mean Scott is coming up with some freaking good stuff this week. All right, let me see. I'm just looking at one other trend here. All right, so if you have a team that is better than fifty or five hundred winning percentage. That it loses the last game by 21 or more points, and just generally they're uh, 54 and a half percent. So now the question is, if they're uh, favored by let's say five or more, let's check. I bet they do better. That's what I'm the thinking. The motivated favorite. All right. Yeah, they're 50 and 35 in that spot. So 59 percent. I mean, that really encompasses it. You're a winning team. You get crushed. Now you're laying some lumber. You 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 get your focus drives results and it's one point six points of advantage. I think that yeah that reinforces my instinct on this one. You know Stephen Nover like the games like this he says he says this is a get well game for Seattle. And and let's be honest, Carroll is you know off a loss is strong and and old school coaches don't, are really important to not lose that second game. And hell, we're hoping Jacksonville wins. Other than Scott's bet, 
because we want to keep up in the division after that loss. But Seattle's got a tough record or uh, schedule to finish the year. But that said, here, good spot, four-way Seattle. All right, my four-way game, I'm going to be on Cincinnati minus six and a half. And I don't think I was going to be on this game because I thought the number was going to come out seven in the contest. And six and a half, I was excited. I, the Bengals are back offensively. Joe Burrow looks like the Joe Burrow of last year. Um everyone's talking about how great the Texans offense looks right now. And it does look really good at home. The Texans averaging 27.3 points per game in Houston, 19 and a half points per game on the road. There's a lot of talk. I'm sorry. What were those numbers again? 27.3 okay. on the road or at home, 19 and a half don't, on but the don't road. Don't you worry that when there's like three games or four games at home and it's so much about who they play. It is. But I also, I generally, I think rookie quarterbacks have more success at home than on the road. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think in Stroud's numbers back it up. Stroud's been significantly – like his best games have been these home games. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's coincidence. And there, so this the look ahead on this game was eight and a half. The Bengals not only beat the Bills, but they covered. Meanwhile, the Texans didn't cover against Tampa. Why is this line moved two points through a key number of seven – and well, I mean, obviously, the narrative is Stroud's emerged as a top 10 quarterback. You know, I mean, I hear people say he's a top 10 quarterback right now. I'm not saying I necessarily agree, but I don't think there's 10 guys in the league that could do what he did last week. I agree. So I think now, though, we look at Joe Burrow as Joe Burrow's back in the conversation as like a top three or four guy. Oh, I agree. Maybe the best. I mean, right now, the way he played the last two weeks might be the best any quarterback has played this I- year. And there's a lot of talk about Jamar Chase, Hurt, might not play. In fact, I I think he probably doesn't play. Uh, But the Texans' injury report today is the longest I've ever seen. There were 22 players listed on the injury report today. Will Anderson, DNP. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan Grenard, limited. Damian Pierce, DNP. Laramie Tunsil, DNP. Jimmy Ward, DNP. Nico Collins. These are like legit. These are their guys. And they just, this is a team that still doesn't have a lot of depth built up. The Bengals' defense, the last three games, has allowed 16 points per game. That's to the Bills, 49ers, and Seahawks. That's pretty strong. I, I think they're going to do okay against a rookie quarterback. No, I, I'm, I, I I'm like, excited about Stroud, too, but not, like not to this point. Well, like I'm, this I'm, I'm on Houston as my three weight, so Ooh. we got a crossfire. All right. Texans are 4 0 ATS. Get in on this. No, this is between you guys. But I, oh, I come on. I, I may, I may. Texans are 4-0 against the spread in their last four games as an underdog, and they've won outright in three of those four games, including winning in Jacksonville when they were seven-and-a-half-point underdogs here. Now, I know the Bengals are playing better, right? But I have a, a, a Bengals team that might be looking ahead to a Thursday game against the Baltimore Ravens. It's a short week preparation, and they have to go on the road to Baltimore, which means less preparation time in the week preparing for the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's a get-out-of-dodge spot here for Cincinnati. You're up by 10 points in the fourth quarter. You got the win preserved. Who cares if C.J. Stroud throws another touchdown pass? Just win the game and get out of there. Don't get hurt because you're right. Jamar Chase might sit out next week. Why? Because this game doesn't mean anything to them. The game against the Ravens means everything to them. So I think I got the Texans team with D'Amico. Ryan's firing them up, a quarterback in C.J. Stroud that's thrown 14 touchdowns to one interception this season. The ability to backdoor, I'm taking the I'm taking the points here. I'd obviously, I'd love the seven, but I'm still taking it at six and a half. The ability to backdoor with what, they don't even have a kicker. 
You're talking about backdooring? So they signed <laughs> you know what that kicker, means? Right? That means that... Well, hold on. They signed field... Hold on. They signed a kicker, right? I didn't see that they signed a kicker Well, then the guy's yet. fine. You think they're going into the game without a kicker? Bear Bear didn't practice today. There's kickers... Okay, then they got a kicker There's signed. kickers effing everywhere. Yeah, there's kickers there's, that yeah. are good I'd in the I'd rather them go for two. There's kickers I'd rather them the go for it on fourth. ...of American football <laughs> that, they can, that they can pick up. It's not... Scott brings up the great point about the Baltimore game Thursday, but it's not just that. It's like a Dagwood sandwich here. We got at San Francisco... And remember, they need that game like blood because they had done so poorly. Then uh, the Hamlin game against Buffalo, emotionally charged, national TV, and on Baltimore on Thursday, this is the one where they can do, oh, we'll beat Houston. So, Well, if you think about it, let's think about the sandwich, like you said. I mean, you're playing San Francisco, right, uh, which is a tough game. And then the week, and then last week, Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. At primetime, nationally televised. And now you've got a, your favorite by almost a touchdown, and then you've got two tough ones, Baltimore and Cleveland, coming up, and one on a short week. That might be as big of a sandwich as we've ever seen, yeah. right? Wow. Okay. The spot's the first thing that jumped out to me. As soon as I saw the Ravens on the short week on the road, I wanted to bet against the Bengals. Now, the, the spot's bad. With Houston also because, you know, they, they get the tear down the goalpost type miracle win. So and the injuries. Yeah. Yeah. You're- no, I, I was close to pushing the button, but I do think that Thursday. I'm going to take a look at how Cincy does when they have that. That, that Thursday on deck is that coaches handle that differently. So I'll look at that real quick. By the way. And all Thursday games obviously not created equal. Division yeah, games. Yeah, but the- still they want to win. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure how diff- – I mean, I think they wouldn't be looking ahead – in some games, if it was a Sunday game, but I think when there's that short rest, you got to look ahead regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, but we'll, we'll see. Um, when I check this, by the way, just backing up one second, and I'll let you guys finish. Is remember we were talking better than fifty percent? You get beat by twenty-one. If you're favored by eleven or more, which doesn't apply to Seattle, you're they're fourteen and two against the spread. Mm. So think about that a second. Is that shows you when they can name the score. Their mode, not that you really can't even when you're a big favorite, but you're motivated like crazy. It obviously applies as you drop down, just not as much, obviously. But 14 and 2 struck me. I'll look up that Thursday. You guys can finish up. Uh, Matt Amendola is the kicker that they signed. You may be familiar with him, Scott, former Jets kicker. Uh, he is a sub 70% field goal kicker for his career. He is an 86% on extra points guy. They, they got a real winner here. Good. I'd rather them go for two, get more points. They're going to, you know what? If, if it comes down to a fourth down situation, I'd like them to go for it rather than take the three points. I want to. I want to. I want to score as many points as I can again. I also Bengals think, team. like the Demico Ryan's coaches to win. The idea of a sandwich spot for this team that started out so poorly, I don't think it exists. Like a- after week four, people were talking about the Bengals not making the playoffs. I don't think they're going to let themselves take a breath. Well, but that assumes then that it's a choice. And that you can choose not to get tired or choose not to mentally not be as focused. I don't think you can. I think, I mean, you were in, you were a part of the uh, train, however you might, I don't want to say it wrong, uh, Army Rainer, Army Rangers training. Yeah. I mean, there was a fatigue at some point, regardless, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is this is a tough, tough spot. They can't just say, but we can't, lo- I don't got time to bleed. The only two weeks after a bye is like probably the best time to, to like, that's when <sighs> to, you're. To have a, a horrible sandwich spot? I mean, I, that's interesting. 17 days ago having rest, does yeah. it help? I mean, probably sure. a little bit. Yeah. No, I think I hear you. It's a, it's a complicated game. If I had to play it, I would play Sensi if I had to. And I, I think since he's playing as well, if it wasn't for the letdown, if they had the bye next week, 
I'd be, you know, like upcoming by, it should be mm. one of my best bets. So I, you know, you made a convincing case, but I think Scott's case about the look ahead is valid. Which way would you go, Fez, if you had to? Mm. All things being equal, the, the, the sandwich spot seems to dominate for me. I look towards toward Houston, and I do think Chase is enormously important for them. You know, the, if he plays and he, he won't be 100%, I would like to take Houston plus 7.5 with Chase in, actually. Mm. Yeah, without, well, they've proven without – they had the one bad game against Cleveland without Chase last year, and then they played you know pretty good. Well, their number two wide receiver is 100% now. That that certainly helps them. So McKenzie makes a good point. This was opened up. Look ahead was eight, eight. Yeah. eight in this game. That's it. So so really, that tells me that's fascinating. Now it did drop to seven even before the games were played Sunday. My thought was mm. Sunday's performance made people start looking at Houston. But in truth, there was Houston money before. Mm. Houston has it ranks higher in yards per play on the season. And if you want to say, oh well, since he's heated yeah. up the past couple of weeks. Houston. We're not heated up. Their they're all-world quarterback is sure. now not injured. Houston still has more yards per play the last three weeks over Cincinnati the last three weeks. Well, yeah. Since he's YPP is terrible. I mean, it just hasn't been good. And, I mean, they haven't been able to play Carolina and, yeah, they, uh, <laughs> and Atlanta the last two well, weeks Carolina's either. Carolina's a pretty good defense. But, but since they haven't to play San Fran and Buffalo, I mean, like— like. All right. I think, I think, we're, I think those guys are heads up. Mm-hmm. And you oh, and I, I want to side have, bet on this too, AJ. If Houston wins this outright, you have to like go apologize to people over there. I'm not apologizing. To anybody. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Scott, your four weight in the Indy and Patriots game. I'm going to bet against the Patriots. It's worked all season. I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> the Patriots three and thirteen against the spread in their last sixteen games. They've allowed three of their last six opponents to score thirty-one or more points on them. There's a lot of dysfunction going on right now with the New England Patriots. They just traded for J.C. Jackson, and he's not even making the trip with the team to Germany because he showed up late, and that's why he got, because he was upset because he got benched last week, so he didn't show up to the facility. So now he's not even traveling with the team to, to, to Germany. And we knew that without Christian Gonzalez, their secondary was – a, a big weakness, which is why they went out and reacquired J.C. Jackson. Well, now he's not even going to play for them. So I think Indy's going to have a, a good opportunity to score points on this Patriots defense. And then we know about the history of uh, favorites in these international games where they do extremely well. I'll pull up the numbers here in just a second. Favorites in international games uh, are, let's see, 32 10 and 1 straight up, 28 and 15 against the spread. I, th- I think you're reaching a little there. So if the Patriots become the favorite, we'll bet them. That's I mean, it's so happen. it's so close to pick them. I don't think I don't think that has any relevance. Sure. Well, I agree, but I do th- mostly, but I think there's a psychological part. Like I've seen a lot of times being a two point under one point underdog, one and a half versus one point favor. Mm-hmm. Maybe even if the line changes, the team thinks I'm mm-hmm. an un- you see that in the national championship game a lot. In college, especially when it was a two-person BCS thing, there'd be the whole month that that underdog was here and there. The under, I think there is a cycle, almost like the Tomlin thing, right? Mm. I also like the uh, fact. Do you agree with that? I think if it's two or two and a half, I think when it's a one-point favorite, it's like yeah, it's. I think these teams don't even look at that as being that they're the favorite or the underdog. Well, it matters if they want to if they want to make it a point. Yeah. But go ahead. I also like the fact that Gardner Minshew has experience playing in an international game when he was with the Jaguars, one over to London. So as far as getting involved in the hoopla or the pomp and circumstance of of going to to the 
new city and, and representing the NFL. He's been there, done that. Whereas Mac Jones is going to be thrown off from his regular rhythm, which maybe helps because he's terrible. But uh, I, I like that fact so, for the Colts. I so like that set, edge for the Colts. Shout out to Mackey, our friend of the show. Yeah. Um, he he provided this t- to me. So Belichick, 3-0 in international games. Uh, average winning margin, 30. Average against the spread margin, 20. That's uh, pretty so impressive Quarterback numbers. in those games? Uh, it would not be um, the current quarterback. Yeah, it yes. would be Tom Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah. yeah. So um, Steichen, as far as we looked as a coordinator, hadn't done a international trip. So he didn't uh, with the Philly, didn't even with the Chargers. So I think that has to be some factor, right? If, sure. if, if the Minshew yeah. doing it is an advantage, then the coach, you know. So Steichen did go to Mexico City as an interim coordinator. I was looking at his full uh-huh. years as a coordinator. Okay. Mexico City, I, I call that a half a yeah, one. It's not, yeah, not the same. No, but still, that's a good catch. That's do, a good do catch. Do we have the Mexico City clip? Oh, the Mr. T. <laughs> that's a good idea. That's a good idea. We'll finish the game. I'll pull it up as we're talking. Uh, I wanted to ask you, RJ, because this was one of the ones uh, defensively where my my thought was the Colts are a really bad defensive team. And then I looked at DVOA. And they're 12th defensively. I was curious what your defensive metrics said about the Colts because my thought was they're bad and because I was comparing them to the Commanders. The Patriots couldn't move the ball in the Commanders well, last week. I like Aaron Schatz, but I think that, that somehow his formula got left at Football <laughs> Outsiders. I mean, that makes no sense. It didn't make any sense to me either. 14th in defensive EPA. Right, no team has had higher scoring games, and you look at the box score and you're like, where the heck did the points come it's from? It's crazy. I mean, if the Browns, if the Browns scored 38, yeah. I mean, uh, but maybe we're looking at it too much on the surface. So let me see here. The Colts. Well, they got the Colts uh, right in the middle. It's like 16th. That's wild. I, I don't think yeah. of the Colts as an average defense, yeah, but maybe. I guess they are. And, and and they scored a bunch of points by pick six, right? 14 yeah. last week. So I guess uh, – They've gone over. I think it's six in a row. Well, they went under last week. Well, they, last week went under. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so before that, it had been it's, six. It, in a you row. know, and this let is me, a classic example. They scored forty last week, and, mm-hmm. and like, like literally, it opened like forty-two and got bet up to forty-four and a half. So it's kind of like there hits a point where the tax just starts to become overwhelming. And yes. it fell what exactly? Forty. Oh, okay, okay. So so okay. it didn't fall in the middle, but yeah. It, fe- it felt it felt like you know it's like what is, in retrospect why what was Carolina doing with a forty four and a half total the three prior weeks they gave their opponents had their season high in points mm. against the Colts so I guess what we're saying here is the underlying stats are saying the points are coming without justification yeah. without yes. full justification um, now right this is interesting I look I have the EPA tiers um, in a data visualization. And there's the line that represents average for offense and vertically for defense. And literally, the, it splits the U or, or the horseshoe <laughs> of the Colts. The Colts are exa- based They're on average. This, exactly average on offense and defense. I was going to ask yeah, you. That's a good, that's exactly it. Yeah. Without, without looking at our sheet, where do you think Gardner Minshew is in QBR right now? I'm guessing it has to be better than I would think. So I'm going to say 14th. Fez? Uh, sorry, I was looking up the weather. Oh, and, um, okay. And, and Where would you, where'd your guess on Gardner Minshew's QBR? Uh, like 19th. He's 8th in QBR. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's interesting. Looks like 40 degrees, no precipitation in Frankfurt Sunday. 40? Shit, that's cold. All right, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess there's no one disagreeing with you, right? Nope. 
All right. What's next? Uh, next will be Tennessee and Tampa. This is Fez's three-weight game. Yeah, so I'm on Tampa Bay plus the one. And, you know, I'm going to reiterate what I've been saying about this game all week long because I've been asked about this game several times. And I said, you know, I got these as dead equal teams. And Tampa's home field is probably only worth like a point, point and a quarter. And the current line is Tampa minus one. So I got no interest in this game at all. But what's this? I take a look at the Westgate Super Contest line. And it's one, but it's Tampa catching the one. Sounds like a trivial difference, but it's not. You know what? If I've got Tampa favored and they're catching the one point, at pick it wouldn't have been a play, but at plus one, it is a selection for me three weight. Yeah, and it's not trivial because when you have to pick five picks, your you know your third pick even is it's going to be about a point here or there. I mean, that's all. These lines aren't way wrong. If they're way wrong, it's a rare thing. Um, I was ready to play Tennessee. I mean, you don't know how close. But, but the fact of the matter is that line change bothered me, but something else bothered me. By the time we were taping, it had moved back at multiple <laughs> spots. So, like, literally anyone playing Tennessee at, as of now at 11, 19 p.m. on Wednesday night, Vegas time, there would have been, like, a 20-minute time that Tennessee should have been laying points, and that's it. So I, I don't want to I don't want to duck down and crouch down in that little cubby hole for no reason, right? So, um, and again, we've litigated to some degree the whole Will Levis thing, but I will say this: if the team has a forty million dollar quarterback, he plays two games, the backup, the the rookie, and he's named the starter the rest of the year. You know, the NFL professionals are pretty happy, mm-hmm. right? Because they're still paying Tannehill. They didn't trade him. It's one thing if you could trade him. Hey, it's a lost season. We can save that money. Let's give this Levis a try. No, they're paying him to sit on the bench. I tend to trust teams. So I feel though Levis's stats weren't as good in that Pittsburgh game as I as I felt like they my gut feeling was or as I looked in aggregate, I, I think that you got to say, I mean, I asked you this Monday, Fez, let me ask you now. If you were redrafting quarterbacks, would you take Levis? And let's just ask the roundtable. Would you take Levis or Young? I don't know. Too close to call. What do you think, AJ? I'd take Bryce Young, but it's it's a lot closer than I would have thought it was on draft day. Wow. Okay. I think I'd take Levis. It, it, it seems to me, watching them both play, and it's only been a small sample size for Levis, but this Levis feels like the quarterback that people were saying – wow, this guy could really go number one overall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's nonsense. Well, look at what he's done. Look at him play. Doesn't he? He carries himself more competently, it appears like. Well, he's on a much better team. Sure, but just like, I don't know. Just, what, what was Carolina's win total coming in? Seven and a half. And what was Tennessee's? Seven and a half. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, Carolina was not supposed to be, they traded their number one pick this year because they thought they were going to be good. Right. Okay, I got an epiphany. All right. I'm parlaying my three and my four weight also. Bonus Which, pick. I right, explain it. All right, I'm parlaying ten, Tampa Bay to Arizona, and here's the handicap. Ooh, right. If Tampa Bay beats Tennessee, maybe Levis isn't as good as we thought he was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If he's not as good as we thought he was, he should have had no business torching the Atlanta Falcon defense, so we have to downgrade the Falcons, which means we like Arizona better. So, Fez, this is what you tell me when I say these things. I like it, but these games are in succession, right? Meaning one's at one and one's at four? I think they're both early games. 
So oh, no, Arizona yeah. at home. Oh, you're right. You're right. Excellent so, point. So Dude. how would you play it? So what we do is we don't fire in Arizona yet. We watch Tennessee-Tampa Bay, and if Levis is playing poorly and Tampa Bay is up double digits, as soon as that occurs and it's clear Tampa Bay is going to win by double digits, then we bomb Arizona. So if the Levis performance in this game before the 4 o'clock start, Atlanta-Arizona, makes you think he's not as good as I thought, this game is causing me to downgrade him, then that makes Atlanta look worse, and thus you then. But but and then you, what you could do is almost a mechanical parlay if you wanted to. Yes, right. if you just want to go ahead and do. You know the irony of this, and this is like I sucked on this, is that I actually on my spreadsheet I put a separation between the morning and the afternoon games. Mm-hmm. But instead of looking at that sheet, I just looked at this sheet, and because they're concurrent in rotation order, I didn't pick up on they wouldn't be at the same time, which is ridiculous we're, we're, because Arizona, what the hell, are they going to play at 10 a.m.? Why not? We're, we're a team here, Faz. Remember, the college game day starts at Colorado at 10 a.m. apparently. Ooh. Right? 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Yeah. yeah. All right. We good on that? We're good on that. Let's go to Denver and Buffalo, where this is Fez's two-weight, and then, RJ, you have a derivative on this one. Yes, I do. Go for it, Fez. Yeah, so... I don't understand this line. You guys got to help me with this because just from a pure power rating, I mean, Buffalo's free falling in my in my power ratings. Obviously, they're not the team that with the defensive injuries, Josh Allen not being a hundred percent. So where do I have Buffalo right now? I have Buffalo three points better than an average team. I don't think I'm on an island there. I think everyone's pretty much concluded. Well, 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 nope. well. I mean, what we do know is that Kevin Cole has Buffalo still number one in his rank. Oh, he's smoking crack. Oh no! Well, he's we on to... an island. Yeah, he is. But 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 you know, he's a very respected guy. I, I'm pretty sure no drug use, as far as I can see. But go sure. ahead. And so you know, I've been listening to some guys, and they're saying when asked, they're like, "Well, what's the one bad team in the NFL that could actually be decent in the second half of the year?" And you know, a couple people have said Denver, and that kind of makes sense to me. It, it seems like Russell Wilson, who was a disaster for most of his Denver career. Maybe he can become a competent quarterback here. And if that's the case, I've got Denver two points worse than an average team. I'm comfortable with that rating. So I only have these two teams five points apart. And Buffalo just came off a big game against Cincinnati. You know, so it's a little bit of a short week. It doesn't matter because it's the Monday night game. But, um, I mean, Buffalo home field, at most I, I get this game to seven. I can't, I can't sniff seven and a half. I'm going to take Denver. So, A.J., you're a Buffalo fan. What's your take on this game? I, I lean to Buffalo here. Uh, the Bills' offense, the, the results haven't been good for the last several weeks. That's obvious. But the underlying stuff says it's still the, the Bills' offense is still second in offensive EPA. So, by the way, may, maybe, uh, Mackenzie, could you pop up the Kevin Cole's rankings? Let's get a feel mm-hmm. of what other teams he has up there. And then one of the things that jumped out to me when I was digging through games this week was turnover-worthy plays. And if I said... Take a snapshot of who you think the top 10 quarterbacks in the league are, and you said their biggest issue is they're not careful enough with the football. Who would be the top two guys that come to mind? Top 10 quarterbacks who turn the ball over more than they should. Josh Allen? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not Patrick Mahomes, right? So not... I mean, Dak in the past. Dak, yeah, yeah maybe. That's Her- the two I thought of. Herbert. Josh Allen and Dak. Well, I would make the case that, that, that Dak hasn't had turnover problems except for last year. But, but yeah, okay. It seems like Mahomes throws a, a lot of interception-worthy plays. They just always get dropped. Josh Allen leads the league. He's tied with Garoppolo for interceptions thrown. He is number two 
in turnover-worthy play rate. Like, he's got the second lowest in the league, only behind Joe Burrow. He, he's, he's, he's thrown more picks than he's made bad plays. Uh, Dak Prescott's like sixth in that metric. Mm. There, so, I think he got that flipped. Oh, sorry, sixth and second? Yeah. I think, I think there's positive regression coming for Buffalo's offense. The defense I still have concerns about. Like, I, I, they're getting more beat up, you know, as the season goes on. There's real concern there, but I don't know if Denver's the team to punish them for that. Does Josh Allen look like he's throwing the deep ball, right? Because I'm reading stats that his his deep ball uh, performance has really been poor the past month. Yeah, that's what that's what people are complaining about. Yeah, that he, and that his shoulders screwed up. He's not he's not taking what's giving to him, and they like his his passer rating on routes that are less than 15 yards is like best in the league, and then past 15 yards it plummets. So the, the feeling is that maybe his accuracy is t- taking a hit because he's injured. I would think so. But you said, you know, Russ could turn into something. I mean, he hasn't thrown for 200 yards since week four against the Bears. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's going to turn into something. So I, let's look at Kevin Cole's numbers first. So, Fez, this looks kind of close to yours. He's got Buffalo one, which is different. He's got, and this is his power rankings. Uh, he's got San Fran two. Kansas City, three. Philly, four. Miami, five. So Miami, a little high for you. Baltimore, six. A little low. Well, that's way low. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, yeah. the blow. I mean, the blowouts, it, they count as one win. They're impressive, but... Again, Directionally, Baltimore, all, all of his other teams. Yeah. But if you're saying the blowouts count for one, then he, should, like, he shouldn't have Buffalo high and Baltimore you low. Should, you should write a letter to him. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm not doing his numbers. He's one of the most respected guys in the business. And thus, it's noteworthy because he's got something different. That's why we're doing yeah. But I don't want to argue about it. Well, and to his credit, when when a guy has like a rating like Buffalo, I, I would have been, I, I would have said, ah, oh, I'm sure if I see his rating, it's going to like a whole, have a whole bunch of questionable things. But he doesn't. He, yeah. Like, like there isn't another number as I'm looking at these, you know, other than I think he's got Pittsburgh minus point four, but maybe maybe he's smarter than I am about Pittsburgh. You know, as well, far as got I got him. minus one. Yeah. So it's a half a point. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> but well, he's made the same adjustment I've made basically to Pittsburgh. You know where I well, said you don't I don't know why he's got that. Yes, number. but maybe maybe he knows and I don't. Yeah. I don't know. But but show us the bottom sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Let me scroll that. Okay. So. Oh, so he has Denver minus three and a half, and I've got Denver minus two. That's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's no, down again, further he's a, on Denver. He's a Bayesian guy with, uh, and again, I'm just digging into this con, or it's on a concept of mathematical uh, school of thought, which is how you. I don't even want to try to explain it too too much because uh, I'm not qualified. But it's how you deal with uncertainty as there's new information that becomes available, and there's a mathematical way to do that. So he's usually slower. To change, it's funny. He's quicker to change than people that love their priors, but he's slower to change than people that change every week, which you would want, mm. you know. Obviously, you know, one thing that stands out—he's got Carolina four points worse than an average team. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't think anyone has Carolina that high, even though he's got Carolina. 30th. I think Carolina's a lot better than people think, to be honest. Well, he he agrees with you. They lost a couple of games that's changed the whole narrative. It's so funny how these narratives change. It was like last year when um. Who was the example last year? Oh, I it wasn't the Bears because they came, but but sometimes there's that game or two that changes everyone's opinion. I mean, remember Denver was three and a half against Washington, right? Mm-hmm. And then they got crushed against Miami, and that game has affected their rating sure. ever since. Sure. And it's one game, you know. So, but let's look at some numbers here. So back to the new series of downs, 
issue. Buffalo's offense is second best in the NFL. And I would make the case the offense hasn't gotten any worse, meaning maybe Josh Allen's a little bit. I think it's up. worse. I think they, weeks two, three, but, four, they were clicking on all cylinders. But don't you agree, Steve, that it's not that the way games play isn't always the underlying truth? Even the stats aren't the. Sometimes there's the ball that's just, you know, the defense I, is really tough against. I, I, mean, I what, what I, would cause the D to get or the offense to get so much worse? Josh Allen's got banged on his head and then slammed on his so shoulder, think, and he hasn't so, been the same since. So you, th- you think that he's got mental problems? It's the shoulder. I don't think his shoulder's right. Okay. But I mean,. I mean, Josh Allen threw for 340 yards against the Bucks. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what what is this underlying? Like, what tells us that? Other than we heard it somewhere, and then we saw a bad pass, so we connected. I don't know. I mean, the stats. Maybe say, I'm looking for it. The, the people that I've heard are like, the Bills' offense would be better if they ran the ball more, and I just generally disagree with that. I I, I don't think that's what makes the that's that's what's going to make the Bills offense better is running the football that's that's a bad thing for the Bills on the other hand the defense and I haven't seen their defense below top like seven in like three years or four years and obviously there's injuries this is shocking their defense is um holy cow let's look at this there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams worse than them. And you nailed it. It's, so, all, it's, all, the, it's all the injuries that they're they're like, accumulated. Yeah, they're like 25, 26 on defense. I mean, who would have thought that? I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, they're 17th DVOA. It's, a, it's dropped and, off. And, and here's the thing this has built into it all of the stats that came before the injuries. Yeah. So, under that theory, Maybe pop up EPA uh, last three games. So the main injury, White got hurt before London, if I remember. But then in London, the linebacker or the Milano got, and um, uh, well, uh, there can only be so many guys that matter. Okay, right. <laughs> so start. After so maybe the start the week game? after Jacksonville, yeah, and just take a gander at that. Um, I'm I, boy. If these numbers are lined up at all, let's see. All right. Do 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 do. Oh my God, they're 30. They're 30. Yeah, and this is EPA now. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Wow. You know something? I might have to change my under. I had under in the second half in this game. <laughs> I'm not sure it's priced right now properly. In fact, I'm going to change it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change to Denver on that, if you guys don't mind. I'm just going to stay in the same game, make that my two weight, go to Denver. I like the way these discussions help us evolve our picks, too. You know, that's the whole point. That's what we're trying to do for the listener, right? Help him think through his picks or her. All right. Mm-hmm. So who – oh, it looks like Mac, as, as AJ calls him, has a four-way. I think his microphone's messed up, though, so I'm not sure what he liked. But, you know, he liked Buffalo. All right, moving on. Moving on, Cleveland, Baltimore. RJ, you have a derivative here, and the Hitman has a play on this one. Let's listen to the Hitman first, because who knows? I might even change this <laughs> thing. He's Hitman's been cold in something. I guess his picks have been doing well, but there's a show his best bet's been bad on. Yeah, he's texting me weekly. His, his, yeah. He's he's I believe he's right around like just under 60%. He's been doing very well That's with his good. props for pregame, and he's He's gotten one best bet right on on, an, on another non pregame related show. All right, and one, looks like looks like we winner. have a screenshot of uh, this is fascinating. All right, let's listen. 
Best bet, Ravens minus six. Let's start with how good Baltimore is. Baltimore has a plus 115 point differential, and they are now the number three ranked team in DVOA, not just this season, but ever through nine games. There's all this talk about the Browns defense, but the Ravens defense is number one in yards per play, second in EPA, and fifth in success rate allowed. I'm not sold on Watson being 100% yet. The Browns offense versus Arizona and non-garbage time, two touchdowns, one was on an 11-yard drive and the other on a 49-yard drive where the ball was tipped up into the air on third down. They had 17 first downs, only 4.6 yards per play. Watson has the highest inaccurate target rate in the league. Cleveland is without both of their starting tackles, and I'm expecting more offensive struggles for this Browns team on Sunday. Let's lay it with Baltimore. Hmm, that's ballsy because six feels expensive. But the look ahead was five and a half. What's happened since? No, I guess we didn't know Watson would play the next week with the look ahead. That's- I think we expected that, though. We didn't know if Watson expect, was— Well, first of all, anything expected with Watson goes out the window because he was expected like a month ago, right? Fair, fair enough. But when, when, when we're like not sure if Watson's going to play this week, it means we probably think it's likely he's going to play the next week. Usually, but wouldn't you say what ha- has happened with Watson makes that not the case? Say, yeah, especially after the game where he, he actually did start, and then by the middle of the first quarter, eh, yeah, you take the and game And then he off. misses multiple other weeks. Yeah. Now, they say he was hurt. I don't know. I, I bet he was. I mean, he's not just cho- – I don't think he's just choosing not to play. But either way, we were uncertain about Watson playing even the next week. But I think Steve's right. The odds were they, that they he would play. Now, the Browns – A.J., you made a key yeah, point. Jedrick, that, Jedrick Wills got placed on IR. Okay, so – And they were already without Conklin for oh. the season. And their other Okay, tackle. so Conklin, though, they haven't had for like, for like seven weeks, right? right? So you said he lost both tackles. Yeah, Dewan Jones. Jones. So he lost the backup too. Yeah. Wow. So Baltimore was laying five and a half. Baltimore and Cleveland both kicked ass, and Cleveland got injured, and that now the line six. It feels that's, like it probably should be a little more. That's what I'm saying. Yep. I, I cluster injuries. I would have questioned the five and a half, and then obviously Baltimore looked all world mm-hmm. in the interim. So, um, hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I don't. I don't like it, but I like it. <laughs> I, I would have liked it more if it was Hitman's second best bet. <laughs> well, listen, in the long run, in the long run, it all even. I'm just kidding. Stuff. I'm just kidding. Right. I would say maybe uh, wait and see when the props come out for Deshaun Watson rushing yards, because with a Ravens team that has 35 sacks on the season and with backup offensive tackles. Sure feels like Watson's going to be escaping some pressure and, and might have to take off a couple of times. You know, I'm not sure I agree. I, I disagree also, just because he's oh, – well, go ahead, Fez. You, Injury prone, and he's not going to they're, – they're, they're not going to put him at risk to get clobbered by that, that Baltimore not, defense. And also division – I'm not game. talking about design runs. I'm talking about, like, improv plays. I'm telling you, Deshaun doesn't – Deshaun historically doesn't like to run when he's banged up. He'll rather throw the ball away than take any kind of risk. Well, then himself. they're going to lose this game by a lot. So then, bet the <laughs> Well, you know, that's interesting because in theory, you get a same game parlay together. Mm-hmm. You go under rush yards in Baltimore, yes. and you build off of that. That would be logical. under rush yards for Watson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a derivative on this one, and I've got over in the first half. Over in the first half. Now, the main driver on this is there are some tendencies. And what's the number, RJ? Nineteen and a half. Nineteen, and I like that number. Um. 
I mean, because in theory, that's pretty much the, not exactly, but the same as 17 and a half. Wouldn't you say that? I mean, yes. obviously, 18 and 19, they happen. Tampa Bay hit 18. And I was game. just about to say 18 doesn't hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, occasionally. But, and it brings up the point how many, how often does the team do uh, two pointers when maybe it's not completely standard and thus and with those teams the key numbers mean less right wouldn't you agree yeah the only exception you can comment to this every now and then Tomlin decides to go for two in the first half I, I don't think that's he been the done case in a while. yeah yeah um but you're right uh okay so there's some tendencies that say that in the first half these two are not as good defensively and a little better mm-hmm. offensively but I also think this Cleveland D I think is a little oversold a little bit like it's still I mean, they are you need... worried Cleveland's D is used to Baltimore's O, though? No, might... because these are all new players, mm. right? I mean, the defense is full of a lot of new. I mean, like they pretty much turned over that defense, mm. except for a handful. Of, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, they have a few core guys. The by the way, when we we were going to do that MVP pick, it's looking mighty good right now. Remember, Pearl. We... Well, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we were talking about Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, oh Miles Garrett. Yes. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Oh, is that right? And I guess he's two to one. Mm. And um, I think I think Parsons is tied with him at two to one. That was the two oh. we were going to play. But um, you know, we got we. That's all right. The um, who who's third favorite in that one? Is any right, uh, is anyone even close? T.J. Watt. It's Parsons and Garrett are plus one eighty and plus one ninety. T.J. Watt plus two hundred. Ooh, so what's in it still? I don't think. Oh, we could bet on all three and lock in a loss right now. <laughs> well, I think maybe get scooped. Well, we were like at I think six to one on one and four to one on the other at the time we were looking. Mm. So that would have worked. That would have been. I'd take that now, right? Mm. But um, uh oh, Cleveland's defense does not travel well. And if you just look at it now on the road, I mean the Colts game being one example, haven't played as well. This is more of a tendency play than anything. But I also, I'll be candid. I think Baltimore's D is a little overrated also. Uh, I mean, I think the offense with Lamar, I mean, here's the question. If their offense is as good as, and their defense is as good as people think, they're clearly the best team in the league. And I don't see anyone that has them clearly the best team in the league. Got them tied for first. You have them tied for first, and there's like, Three other Everyone's teams within right a half a point, right? Let, let me ask you, how does the impact of um, the, the DTR, the third-string quarterback for Cleveland, played in the first game was just atrocious? But you also have to remember the the Ravens were so beat up in that game defensively; they were missing like four starters on defense. I just I left that game out when I was handicapping this game because I don't think it, I don't think it was relevant at all. So, but how do you think it? How would it affect for you? Or I'm what not, are you saying? I, I don't know how it would affect. I think I'm, I'm just way, saying there was a throwaway game. It, yeah, it kind of makes it where they. I think that it's a disadvantage. I mean, you could make the case it's a disadvantage to Baltimore because right. Cleveland has a game against pretty much the offense that they're going to face now, and the theory and is Baltimore's defense has to see a totally different offense. Yeah, yeah. or at least uh, you know it's funda- functionally different. Yeah. because it's not even a good backup. At least the way he played in that game. Yes. Yeah. All right. So it's just a one way, but it is over first half over 19 and a half. Two games that we have no weighted plays on. We'll start with the Lions minus three at the Chargers. We'll make these quick. 
Well, you're the Chargers guy. What do you think? Uh, I, I mean, let's be honest. Herbert didn't look good on Monday. No, night. he didn't. Herbert looks terrible. I, there's no way I want to back the, the Chargers here. I actually texted Fez over the weekend uh, when the number came out, and I, I thought it was crazy that the Chargers or the Lions were minus one. I said, that doesn't even make sense. And What that, did you think the Lions should be? I, I, this. So I, I – I thought that it was good early. I think the value's been sucked out of it, so uh, it, it's a stay away for me. I, I just don't trust the Chargers at all now. Now, it used to be I didn't trust them as a favorite. Now I don't trust them even catching a field well, goal. What, what, what has happened to the team? They're just not They're not that good. I, I don't know what it is. I, it's Justin Herbert, is his finger is still messed up. Well, hold on. It's his finger on his other hand. Yeah. That's causing him to throw bad? No, he's not throwing that bad necessarily, but he's he's when he moves around with the ball, he's like protecting that hand. He's just uncomfortable. Um Wait, there's they're never it's never gonna be his they, fault. They, they it is his fault. He's not good. He hasn't been good this year. They can't run the ball at all, right? They can't no. Their running game is passing to Austin Eckler. I I but just that's not that's not that's not his finger being broken, right? No. Hmm. They couldn't hold up against the Jets' pass rush, and now you got a Lions' pass rush led by Aiden Hutchinson that'll probably have a good day against this Chargers' yeah. offensive line. whole lot of Detroit fans, right, in yeah. L.A.? But for think reason. about this now. Kansas City, so Kansas City was laying five and a half at home, right? And it maybe got to six in some spots. All right, so Detroit— this is, this is a good call. Right, so Detroit—and that's been, you know, what, three weeks ago, right? Detroit's three on the road, so if we give it— uh, I don't know. A three two. point swing? Two. Well, it got to be, well, because of the Chargers, maybe. Yeah, yep. But Kansas City's got a good home field. So. One, one division game, though. One and a half for, for home field for Casey and a half for the Chargers here. All right, let's just say two. So, um, and we're almost three becomes five. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the Chargers have been downgraded pretty significantly yeah. since that game. And is it justified? They still won on Monday. Think about it. They, I mean, they won twenty-seven to six. Well, they they got to play Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't a super, or at least the offense wasn't. They only got two hundred yards. Herbert has had a QBR of better than sixty-five in two games this season. Mm. This is what. Let's be honest. When there was all the talk, he went six for a reason, mm -hmm. right? That, that it was a surprise that that it wasn't a surprise he went six. That day there was talk he'd go ahead of Tua, but it was like that day. The, I believe those betting markets, like correct me if I'm wrong, it was minus two hundred Tua, and then it went to pick him, and then money came went back on Tua. Yeah, it was it was there was some rumors late, yeah. but in general six was fine where he expected mm -hmm. to go. And isn't he playing like that? Meaning he's got a good he's got a lot of talent. There, all joking aside, there's character or not character, but leadership issues. And it feels like he kind of checks out emotionally. I mean, he does seem like, I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to like diagnose him, but he does seem like someone that like, if he was younger, they would bring him into like a counselor to see what's making him so isolated. Why is he isolating so much? Mm -hmm. He does have, and you know, that's not any joke if you, but it doesn't make a great quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's very much like, a roller coaster. It, it, he also seems like, I don't, I don't recall seeing any NFL films clips of him yelling on the sideline, like, you know, being animated. Like, he's not the guy that – he's not the type of quarterback you would like to have mic'd up if you're looking for good television. Yeah, and, and, and in a weird way, if a guy like that succeeds, they say he's so cool and he's even keeled. Yeah. So I don't know. But when they fail, it's like, does he care? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, you said something just hilarious, AJ. You said – like, you kind of shook your head and go, it's like a roller coaster. That's – if you were dating him – that would be exactly what like a girl would say is, oh, you know, he's he's great sometimes, but it's like a roller coaster. <laughs>
<laughs> it's a roller coaster being a, uh, a, a, a Justin Herbert supporter. It's not fun. Do you, at any, you've got a lot of kudos today. At any point, do you want to say, you know, who else in any media was as negative on Herbert as me? I don't, I don't think anyone. I was the most negative. One of You and uh, Emmanuel Acho. Or which one's on TV, Emmanuel or Sam Acho? No, uh, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, yeah. What, what did he say? He was all like, he's been with you all along. Like, the idea that Herbert's somehow better than Tua is so absurd. And he's like, all, all the all the things are pointed to Tua being better. Justin Herbert is a media machine. This guy is not, he's fool's gold. All right. So he he's with you. Isn't he the one that went to like a good school? He went to University something? of Texas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Smart Pete. Yeah. What do you think, Faz? <laughs> Pretty, pretty, pretty on it, wouldn't you say? Spot on in your the forecast for Herbert, not uh, not not forecast, but like observation that th- this is fool's gold, how, if you will. Yes. How far down in our rankings is Justin Herbert at this point? <sighs> Where is he? I feel like he was moving up, and then he he's still up there. He's still ninth, number nine. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is at ten, right behind him. Brock Purdy. Oh, there's a cluster of a lot of drama there. All right, Stroud at 12. By the way, let's acknowledge that uh, I lost another quarterback for the season. So you've lost oh. three for a season? I've lost three for Who the was season. your third one? Who? Oh, you Daniel had Cousins? This oh, is you did? A, oh, man. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> I lost three quarterbacks. Well, the who's I'm your not... fourth? Who's your last man standing? Jalen Hurts, but he took that helmet to the knee last week. Oh, I was holding my breath. <laughs> they say they say if he – I don't even think it matters. Do we have, wait a minute. Do we have like <laughs> – but, but don't we just take the averages, or do they have to qualify? They get no. a zero if they don't qualify. I think I the rule where you could drop one, you can drop your. Yeah. No, forget guy. that rule. Forget. I'm talking about the other rules. Like, like, like. I mean, obviously, McKenzie Cousins has, has great. They have stats. to qualify, and the fact that Cousins okay. qualifies and he's at number seven, he can't get. You know, well, he qualifies now, yes, but he's not going right. to qualify. Yeah. Yeah. He won't qualify. Yeah. It's going to okay. be a disaster. Oh my god, he might have to like. He might be working to earn off. <laughs> I got I got him under forty three hundred pass yards, which I like I said is the poster child for why you never bet an over on a season long prop. And is it even fair? I mean, I got one guy that played four snaps. I got another guy. This ain't DraftKings, buddy. We're in, we're not refunding your bet. <laughs> but you just cross your fingers and hope. All right, next game. Uh, Jets minus one at the Raiders. This is the last game. I was leaning Raiders here. I think the Jets are way overrated, and and I think even off that demolition on Monday night, this is a team that's going to infight. I don't see them. Go ahead, AJ. Like, I I, th- I think you're going exactly where I was going to go. Like the Jets, they're they're starting to get frustrated. It's boiling mm-hmm. over. Whereas the Raiders, like Devontae Adams, hardly touched the ball last week. There wasn't any complaining. They're all high fiving and smoking cigars in the locker room after. I think they're just so happy that Josh McDaniels is gone. They're revitalized while the Jets are starting to spiral out of control. And then think about this, the Jets being a road favorite. This is a team that two weeks ago held the Giants to minus nine passing yards and needed to come from behind and win in overtime. Like that, That's not even a real thing, they but it the was. First, they were the first team in the Super Bowl era to have their defense have five sacks, hold an opponent to under 200 yards, not allow any play over 25 yards and lose the game by 20. Yeah. All right, so let's look at the Jets' offense for a second. Is the average in the series of down conversions is 70% for the offense. The best is San Fran at 79, so plus 9. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if we go minus 9, uh, it drops to 61. Okay? The Jets are last at 58. All right? So... The distance from San Fran being the best, 
the Jets are significantly more the worst. And the only other team under 64, think about this, 64 is number 30. 31, Giants at 60. 58 for the Jets. So there's six points of difference between the 30 and 32 percentage points. And <gasps> bless you. And, and literally the six points of difference from average would bring you down to like number 28. So it's like, it's like there's a whole other order of magnitude to get as low as the Jets. Now they got a pretty good defense. There's no doubt about that. The second best D, but this offense is horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. I think the, there's a, a second half under trend with both of these teams. Um, under in the second half total, Jets 14 in their last 17 games. They've gone under in the second half total, and the, them and the Raiders are 25th and 29th in second I, half scoring. I'd look at some kind of Max Crosby props. I think it's going to be a lot like Bosa last week. This offensive line for the Jets is so banged up, and Zach Wilson seeing ghosts. Uh, Bosa had, I don't even know how many sacks he had, but he was constantly on Zach Wilson. I, I think Crosby's going to be the same way. Okay, we're going to read our picks for you. So they're official, and you know you know them. Five weight for me, the Saints. Four weight, Seattle. And let me give you the lines on. That's a good idea, probably. Uh, Saints are minus two and a half. Seattle, minus six and a half. My three-weight Green Bay plus three and a half. I'm getting the right half in all those. <laughs> that that's actually scares me sometimes. My two-weight, I shifted to Denver on the side. Seven and a half, getting the right number. And then over in the first half, 19 and a half. So the numbers are right. That's my one-weight. Scott. My five-weight San Francisco minus three. My four-weight Indy minus one. My three is Houston plus Six and a half. My two is the Dallas Cowboys minus three and a half in the first quarter against the Giants. And my one weight Minnesota plus two and a half. Five weight Green Bay Packers plus three and a half. Four weight Arizona plus one and a half. Three weight Tampa Bay plus one. Two weight Denver plus seven and a half. Those are four underdogs. My one weight is a derivative of the New York Giants to go under ten and a half points. Ooh. Five weight Dallas Cowboys minus sixteen and a half. Square. Four weight Cincinnati. <laughs> Funny you say that. Cincinnati minus six and a half. Three weight Green Bay plus three and a half. Two weight San Francisco Jacksonville over forty five and Minnesota plus two and a half. My one weight. You know, there's like a Sesame Street cartoon kind of not cartoon but like where people in the background are nah, nah, like that kind of i'd be funny like if we had a drop that said square 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 <laughs> or if we had just like a like a mystery science theater remember that show yeah yeah They're like like watching this podcast and commenting on it or listening to the comments that's what we kind of do actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay so uh mckenzie his mic's messed up it looks like a serious problem too it might take a while Green Bay, or check that. He has um, Green Bay as his five-weight, four-weight Buffalo, mm-hmm. three, that goes against me, three-weight Arizona, and there's a note here, Will Levis sucks. So The three-weight is Arizona plus a half in the first half. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even hear that. And that when he was talking so much about Will Levis, I didn't even hear that. And then Essler's on Arizona, Hitman on Baltimore. Are you sure that it's not Essler that was, you're saying it was... Yeah. Uh, McKenzie. Okay. All right. All right. We good? We're good. Take us out, Fez. Hey. Hey. There's a lot of traffic out there. Be careful out there. (laughs)